Hi, I'm 3XL and I want you to know that Jim and Eric here at Weird Science DC Comics Podcast are going to spoil the hell out of this week's comics, but we'll also probably talk so much nonsense that your head will spin. Please give the guys a break. They are not very smart. It's actually pretty sad, but at least we can all laugh at them. Not with them. At them. Just don't point and as always, enjoy. Los Angeles, 1997. It's the hottest summer on record. Pollution is choking the city. The gangs control the streets. It has not been a nice day! As bad as things are, they're about to get worse. Much worse. You don't know what you're dealing with. Other world life forms drawn by heat and conflict. He's on safari. Lions. Tigers. The bears. Oh my. Danny Glover. Gary Busey. Ruben Blades. Maria Conchita Alonso. Bill Paxton. Predator 2. He's in town with a few days to kill. under the dome as we here at weird science do our best to keep you up to date about what's going down at convergence this is weird science dc comics podcast i'm eric shea and i'm jim warner and wow we're at episode 15 of weird out loud <laughs> 15 of weird out loud it's funny because i didn't even know we started the weird out loud <laughs> oh if yes you, baby oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. if you ask me this might be episode one of weird out loud quote unquote i'll take it oh you know what we're going to talk about tonight What's that, baby boy? A lot of news. Oh, real? A lot of, <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of books. The Convergence titles, uh, week two, I'd like to call it, right? That's par for the course, yeah. Yes. Uh, proof that we've gone international. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You'll yes, I know that. exactly what you're talking uh, about. But first off, how's your week going? Week was pretty good. Yeah. Watched Batman versus Robin last night. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. How is it? Well, I went to Target last night to try to find a Captain Cold Imaginex figure. Like uh, any normal 32-year-old fellow yeah. would do? Any normal man-child, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when you just... get these things, did anybody ever say, like, hey, is this for your kids? Or, oh, where's your kid? A birthday party, <laughs> any of that? Or One time at Toys R Us, I was in uh, the checkout line, and the, this old lady, she's like, would you like a gift receipt with that? I'm like, no, I'm okay. Oh, you're just like my son. He lives at home. I'm like, how dare you compare? You don't know me, lady. Good son in the basement. Oh, yeah. Uh, John no. Hader would tell us that that's John that that lady was talking about. <laughs> so how was uh, the movie? Well, hold on. I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. But... You want to still go on about, um, no, oh, I'm you're still... a loser. Yeah, I do, actually, because this is actually pretty funny. That's usually our whole podcast. Oh, now I'm sad. I don't want to upset you there. <laughs> but no, um, I... The, the whole the whole Imagine X like or DC stuff was cleared out. There was nothing there. Okay. 
And this has been like this. I keep checking. Yeah, actually, sort of... this is like the third time you've told me this. Exactly. Right? Third week in a row. So finally, I said, Jessica, go find a clerk and ask him. I'm going to go hide while you do this. Yes. But no, I, ended up, I went to the aisle. So when they, she came with the guy, I was there. And he's doing the scanny deal. He's like, uh, what are you looking for? I'm like, Captain Cold. And any other figures you might have. And he's scanning. He's looking at his little pad. He has no idea what he's reading. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is weird. I'm like, what's weird? Gives me no answer. Just keeps scanning different things. That sounds like me when I'm reading the news when we're at work. <laughs> and I'm like, huh. And yet, what? That drives you nuts. Oh, my God. And then finally, he's like, well, you can go to Target.com. I was like, well, the thing I enjoy the most is hunting these. Like, you know, going there and being able to find them myself. Mm-hmm, which you I, couldn't. So you're already, you've already shot that down, but you won't go to Target.com. I, I don't want to buy them online. I like to go for the chase. You know, and I yeah. say to the guy, though, I like to hunt them. And then he gives me this odd look and says, well, I'm sorry, but happy hunting. And for some <laughs> reason, that You got phrase, pissed? Oh, it just pissed the shit off. Oh, so when angry. He, when he looked up and said that, was like one eyebrow up like the rock? Because that's yeah. how I assume it. It's like this crazy, hmm, happy hunting. <laughs> No, and it gets Loser. better. Too. So it gets better too. Je- my Jessica's are like, well, why don't you get Batman versus Robin? We haven't seen that yet, and you've been looking forward to it. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll get that. So then I'm at the checkout line, mm-hmm. and this big, gigantic, oafish man is like, did you find everything you were looking for? And I said, well, no, I did not. Oh. Well, now, was this a guy who worked there or just yeah, somebody? Yeah, yeah, it, okay. it was a clerk. The way you're saying that, I think it's a guy behind you in line. No, 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 it's a checkout guy. Okay, clerk. the checkout guy. Yeah. All right. And I say, well, I know I did not. And he's like, oh, what were you looking for? You know, some Imaginex Batmans and Supermans? Mm-hmm. And then he gives me a look. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm an oafish man who has no life, and yet I'm better off than you, buddy. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then I got even more angry, and I freaking grabbed my freaking receipt and my stuff, and I left. I said, this is your fault, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> you stormed out as you went. The door didn't open. You slammed right into it. <laughs> that would be perfect. Uh, people laughing at you. So I went home, and I watched Batman vs. Superman, which it was an okay movie. Okay. It's just I was a little pissed off because it didn't do justice to the Court of the Owls. Yeah, because uh, now going into it, I what we had heard was it was mixing in the whole, you know, Damien... Batman, but they were going to mix in the Court of the Owls. Yes, yeah, it was a dual st- a story that they combined uh, why, together. Why couldn't they just do a Court of the Owls? I don't know movie. if they thought it was too complicated and they didn't want to get into it enough. But still, if you're going to do anything and you can get away with it, it would be a Batman story where you put Batman on oh, yeah. and it's going to sell. And then yeah, have right. something that kick-ass would have been so good. Yeah, they already had Son of Batman. Yeah. So you already got the Damien Batman thing. I, I just, I don't understand. Now, that again, was... I haven't watched it yet, so... Well, here again, you have Batman at odds with Damien. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead of having that badass connection with Lincoln March and like the Court of the Owls, here is just a random nameless Talon who was taken in by the Court at a young age, and now he wants to take Robin under his wing to make him the new Talon so he can move up in the Court. And that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Remember at one point, I'm telling you, if they mixed in the whole thing with uh, Dick, Dick Grayson, right. and Dick was going to be an uh, owl, they were going to court him. Court well, they, had, say, well, they, they, they had a reference to that when uh, Dick Grayson's fighting uh, Talon. Okay. He said, you would have made a good Talon. Well, see, that, that again, that would have been so good if they just would have stuck with that story. They don't have to mix things up. That story was so good. It's one of the best New 52 stories. Why change it up, uh, you know, because you have to have Damien in there? Because uh, Damien would still be in there. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't understand. I don't know why they did it. 
um, hopefully down the road when we get like a uh, death of the family or something like that, they don't mess that up either. Well, now that the New 52 is ending, I don't think they think it's a priority anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think they'll just go with these random ones like what we're going to talk about later in the news. Yeah, yeah, that, that's an odd one, though. That I think that one is just was like a uh, elsewhere story. Elsewhere yeah, story. I think it is. But what did Dan DiDio say? I think it's going to go right to the yeah. movies as well. Thing, story well, Trump's continuity. Again, we're talking about a piece of news that we won't be talking about for a little bit. But uh, Agreed. We'll, get, we'll get into that uh, a little later. You watched the Star Wars trailer this week? Of course, I watched the story. <laughs> the funniest trailer. thing is, I was probably the last one to watch it because we got. I got home yesterday, and somehow I forget what happened. I think Jody actually uh, came out messaged me. Yeah, I didn't see it until last night late. Jody, what are you messaged about? we talked me. about it Thursday night. No, we didn't talk yeah. about it Thursday night. Oh yeah, you're right. Thursday night. I'm wrong, but still, it came out Thursday. Yeah. I'm telling you, I saw it late, late Thursday. Yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't Friday. I'm getting my days mixed up. But, yeah, I saw it and then messaged you, and you're like, yeah, I already saw it, you know, right when I got home from work. But then today I saw the best video I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and that was David Hasselhoff's uh, song from Kung Fury. What was it called? True Survivor? True Survivor, I think it oh, is. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Everybody go look it up. Uh, David Hasselhoff, True Survivor, off of the movie Kung Fury. And uh, it's funny because Kung Fury, I remember seeing that two years ago. Yeah, you said the link was to that. that. I showed it to you at work, too. That's how oh, much <laughs> I was all excited about it. And it was a Kickstarter. And I believe when that initially happened i even had to explain to you what kickstarter was because yeah, you you had no idea i'm like it's kickstarter people you what remember i was trying to get you to do a, a kickstarter documentary oh no charles band for full moon yeah i still yeah. think that would have been good but didn't he do his own now i think he is yeah, jerk off yeah. <laughs> uh that's about all i have what i did this week i had a pretty boring week but you guess what else we have this week what else we got brother listener mail I love listener mail. Yes, I know. And if you want to mail us, send us a, a note, yell at us, or tell us how awful we are, you can do so at Please weird, don't do that. <laughs> weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com, right? Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com. Yes, that the, is our website. That is our mail. email address. Um, we got another big one from Reggie. He, what is he doing writing these diatribes? He loves it. Reggie is, it's funny because Reggie writes these mails and he, he comes off as very mean, <laughs> very hateful. Yet I talk to Reggie all week and we have very, very fun conversations. So here's, yes, a, I know he's your new best friend. Yes, he is. Here is uh, Reggie's mail. Uh, he always does a little two-parter, one to me, one to you. And he starts with me this week and it says, dear Jim, Allow me to express the collective gasp by your listeners and the readers upon learning that two middle-aged male comic book fans with kidneys teetering on the precipice of total shutdown are actually socially inept mouth breathers who cannot have a simple conversation with the host of a late-night show on a minor shopping network. Now I'm going to stop a minute because Reggie... Evine Live is no minor shopping network. Oh, I, my, no. No, I say, I say that they're big. I don't know. I, I'm assuming they're big, but what shopping network is big? Uh, go on. You'd think she was Moses bringing prophecies from Mount Zion the way you carry on. Well, it might be nice to have all of our daily casual conversations scripted beforehand. 
It is hoped that any idiot with a vocabulary of 20 words or more could put together two or three sentences that would simulate the basics of human conversation. But then, you and Eric are not just any idiots. Yours is a special brand of idiocy. And um, obviously, Reggie is talking about our uh, ill-fated uh, I don't know why appearance. you're saying ill-fated. I had a great time. <laughs> yeah, our TV appearance on um, what was what Dynamic Forces show on Evine Live a couple weeks ago, where yeah. last week I complained uh, at ad nauseum about how we weren't prepared by them and stuff like that to the point where I probably sounded like I was whining a little too much. But yeah, uh, he goes on, take heart, however, that your abysmal and forgettable broadcast debut probably did result in a sales spike for the network and dynamic forces. I'm assuming that the debt-ridden, candy-chomping brain trust that comprised much of Shopping Channel's audience perceived you and Eric as significantly stupid and therefore oh. might believe they could quickly flip a J. Lee sketch cover to similar comics topes who clearly don't understand the value of money. Otherwise, they wouldn't be spending it on pure old superhero adventures. It might work in the Shopping Network's favor, being that their customers are likely very, very dumb. I would like to make clear, though, they are all smarter than the two of you. Shit. In all, I thought you guys did. Tell a, us how you really feel, yes, In all, Damn. I thought you guys did a good job of destroying comic books' credibility to a studio full of people, probably three dozen shopping network addicts who flipped between your appearance and a rerun of Love Boat. Three do- I think three dozen might be pushing it. Until bartender Isaac Washington came on the scene, then it was all Love Boat. I love Isaac. Isaac does great. Isaac actually, to me, is the Lando Calrissian of the Love Boat scene. He's the cool guy, and, and that is not racial in any, any way. He just happens to be cool, and yeah. he might be serving up the Colt 45. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Keep on keeping on. You guys have a peculiarly enjoy- – I told peculiarly – I have so much problem with that word. I don't know what it is. As it turns out, so do I. I was trying to read this I'm email with Jess earlier. The, I could I, not say that word either. I've always said at one point me and my uh, buddy Pete would talk about words that we have – problems saying and that is one that i've always had problems with peculiarly enjoyable chemistry on the podcast and i'm still holding on to the possibility that one or both of you will die while recording love reggie uh i'm not, i don't think i'm gonna die tonight but i i actually went to the gym today reggie hold, you, you'll hold, be hold glad on. to know if i die during recording are you gonna put this podcast out put it up i'd still keep going <laughs> you would Jesus. stop talking at like the, the two minute mark I'd just keep going I'd probably make up a, a voice for you and uh, keep the podcast going so I'm like hey Eric what'd you think of oh, I thought the convergence was great and everybody would say what? why did he start talking pretty cool like that you're a dick I don't know I am uh, he continues though with your part I, what I should do from now on I should make you read the part that goes to me, and, and then I read yours, so then I don't have to read these long things. Because How about you just tell Reggie to stop God, writing these guys? I like I, Reggie's. You, here's the thing. I'm starting to understand Reggie a bit. The more you bitch, the longer they're going to get. So shut your mouth and, and go with it and go, man, I love this. <laughs> I was listening to last week's podcast this morning. Yeah, finally. Finally. Yeah. And it goes on we forever, st- doesn't it? We were still talking about Reggie's shit at the 10-minute mark, and you know how we That's just right. jumped in the listener mail last week. Yeah. Yeah, well, here we go. <laughs> Dear Eric, I was likewise startled by the last scene in Sleepaway Camp as a kid. See, he's go- oh, back God. to Sleepaway Camp. And not just because of the full frontal male nudity, but because the screen goes all black and green and Angela makes a horrible guttural frog-like sound while holding the severed head of her boyfriend like Perseus in Clash of the Titans. One of my favorites, by the way, the original. Yes. This stuck with me for years. And while I didn't avoid the movie, I wasn't exactly seeking it out. 
even after it was released on DVD. I did re-watch it about five or six years ago, and I must say I recommend you give it another shot. Oh, it's no. actually a much better movie than I'd remembered, richly layered with subtext and fairly well plotted throughout. And I also noticed that Angela's adoptive mom is actually a man in drag. Based on the wide black headband you wore on your televised <laughs> debut, it's dear you have. Oh, it's clear you have no issues with cross-dressing. So give it another shot. You don't have problems with cross-dressing, do you? Well, you know what? I'm not going to say that my legs look great in stockings, but, yeah, you know, look, they kind of do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to say they look great either, but that time, you never mind. Beyond mind-numbing 1970s and 80s horror fare, what other movies do you like? Are you a fan of the big nerd movies like Star Wars and Indiana Jones, or do you just stick to stories of unkillable murders. I'm having problems tonight. Well, first yeah. off, he's asking the wrong... Well, I'm not asking the wrong guy. Maybe the right guy. Because, man, you like any movie. Yeah, that's the thing. I watch anything and everything, but I do have an affinity for horror. Yeah, yeah. But, man, you... Like, I'll, I'll talk to you the next day at work, and I'll be like, oh, I watched, like, six movies last night. Yeah, yeah, in, in two-hour time. Yeah, it's weird. I got a strange vortex going on in my apartment. The other thing I'll, I'll give you is that a lot of times you'll watch movies and I just complain. I mean, these are like typical nerd movies that you love that I yeah. hate. I'm more of the guy who just doesn't like a lot of things. Hell, I stayed up late the other night watching Tron just because it was have to be on when I was going to go to sleep. Yep, yep, Tron. I love that movie. Yeah, I don't. I thought I did. I tried <laughs> to convince myself back in the 80s that I loved it, but I, I really didn't. Uh, that that and uh, Black Hole go together with me. That uh, Black Hole it was worse, but both of them tend to get boring to me. Like Starman? Yeah, yeah, or Cocoon. <laughs> you know what movie I do love that I watched today? What's that? My Cousin Vinny. That's a great movie. Yeah, I could, I, again, my favorite part. Identical. Identical. <laughs> it's so good. I was laughing so hard. Uh, <laughs> Reggie goes on. I noticed you mentioned EC's 1950s horror line a couple episodes ago. Do you like a lot of this? There are a ton of pre-code horror comic reprints out these days, and if you like crude art and shocking twists written by the borderline illiterate, you should check them out. IDW puts out a bi-monthly reprint comic through Yo Books called Haunted Horror that should fit the bill if you're so inclined. Which I might be. Yeah. I tried picking up a uh, series a couple of years ago, and the name of the publisher is escaping me right now, but it was – they got like the the uh, name of Tales of the Crypt and started putting out new stories with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was terrible. Oh, was The it? art was bad. The stories were bad. I, I bought a couple issues thinking, you know, it might get good. It did not. That sucks. I can't remember. I think it was like, actually, I have no idea what the hell was off the top of my head. I want to say it was like scissors or zipper or oh, yeah? something weird. Scissors no or zipper, huh? I don't know. I, it was something odd. I know that. Yeah. Um, a while back, Reggie actually sent me a link, and there was a uh, comic book. Here it is. I think it is. There is a comic book based on old hip-hop. Oh, really? Uh, there's like a Beach Street one. Uh, there's stuff about Run DMC. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it has Bismarck Key in it. And, uh, really? Yeah, oh, it's, it's so good. Uh, they've reprinted or printed it. It's weird because he, he was talking to me about it, and I, I got the idea that it was an older school thing, but I think it might be new, but kind of put out on uh, like an older print style, like an old paper print style. But I really. I really want to get it, but it's it's not cheap. But back to Reggie's now. Back to Reggie. Also, one more question. What the hell was up with Halloween 3 Season of the Witch? <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Silver Shamrock. Yeah, you love the Silver Shamrock. 
It's well, funny, of all those, that's the one I know the most. Yeah, well, I'm saying Halloween 2, Michael Myers died, so they wanted to continue the series but make it an anthology series, so this was their first attempt, calling it Season of the Witch with a new story, and people hated it. So when we got to Halloween 4, they brought Michael Myers back, because that's their cash cow, which is funny, because on Friday the 13th, I believe they tried this early on, like to do that whole anthology bit, but people just clamored for Jason. I think it was after part three he was supposed to be dead. And then like, oh, we need some more Jason. They made part four the final chapter. Well, of course, then they made so many more after that because everybody wanted Jason. Yeah. So instead we got the Friday the 13th anthology TV series where they hunted for cursed objects. Nice. You know, with Rob A. Oh, yeah. I oh, have no so idea hot. what you're talking about. Remember Rob A, the singer? No. No idea. <laughs> Rob J- Bay? She was a chick. No, she, I, I, well, actually, if you go back and watch, um, uh, what the hell is it called? Fresh so Prince. I, no, the one I always confuse with Funny Farm. It's a Tom H- Money Pit. Oh, Money Pit, yeah. Her band is playing at the end of Money oh, Pit. Oh, really? When Tom Hanks goes to get his uh, wife back. Oh, I can't remember Money Pit. Oh, watch it. It's a great flick. Holy moly. Uh, well, that was Rob Bay was hot. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that the horror movies are so much like comics where uh, people get killed off and they'll be back. Oh, yeah, it's great. All right, good job on the podcast. I hope I get to see you on television again in the near future so I can have the pleasure of changing the channel. <laughs> Love, Reggie. Thank you, Thanks, Reggie. Reggie. Thank you. All right, Reggie. Next email comes from Chisanga. It's like, right. a, um, oh, by the way, we didn't even mention, no John this week. Oh. Yeah, he's. I, I have a feeling he's done with us. I don't know. He's like... In and out, he kind of mentions things, you know, I don't know. <laughs> how dare he? Yes. Well, Chisanga says, Hey, Jim and Eric, was wondering how you feel about the main Convergence book being occupied by the Earth 2 characters, while all the heroes we wanted to see from the pre-Flashpoint are just doing Hunger Games random shit in their own books. Seriously, Convergence was supposed to be all about the old guys. I want to see the 21st century equivalent of Crisis of Infinite Earths, not this poor man's countdown. Chisanga's been mad this week. (laughs) Chisanga comments a lot on the site. I I actually have to tell him to calm down. I have to, uh, you know, talk him off the ledge. Shit. He he was mad. He he is not having a good time with this convergence. Convergence is still early on. We're only at issue two this week. Uh, I I think, you know, we we already got to see, we had a a brief, like, instance of uh, pre-Flashpoint Batman this mm -hmm. issue. And yes, it is uh, primarily dominated by Earth 2 characters at this point, but... I like these characters, and if we can continue on a decent path with them and get away from the terribleness of World's End, I'll be happy. Yeah. Create a new status quo for them to get away from the terribleness. That's well, all I want. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Chisanga's just really mad at the numbered Convergence book, the main book. Yeah. And uh, I might be with him. You can tell me all you want what you just said. I- I'm kind of a little angry myself. You're always angry. I know. Next mail comes from... Darren, or Duran. How, how, how would you pronounce that? D E R O N. D Ron? D Ron? Go D Ron. I just watched a TV clip of you guys, and Eric looks like a roadie from an 80s hair metal band. <laughs> <laughs> that I do. Which, I wish. <laughs> which band? Motley Crue? Uh, Cinderella? Bullet Boys? Great White. Great! Oh, you know, <laughs> nobody wants to be a roadie for. Great oh wait, night. I don't look like Freddy Krueger. Okay, that's I'm not all burned up. That is bad. That is bad. Uh, here's one that's back to me. This is um, a shout out from last week. Uh, we got a mail from a love the heat. 
about our performance on TV and Love the Heat responds again after I explain myself about the performance. He says, performance. He says, okay, Jim, now that you've gone to great length to explain your ramblings on the TV thing, I have one last question. What the fuck were you talking about? Seriously, man. Remember, uh, Love the Heat asked me last week because when I started talking about having a family and being a nerd and comics and... Yeah, I don't know what I was talking about. And if I say anything about not getting questions ahead of time, Rachel's going <laughs> to jump down my freaking throat, so I won't. Okay, sci-fi guy goes, boo-hoo. They didn't, tell me the or they didn't tell me the questions beforehand. You've made up my mind. I'm now hashtag Team Eric. All right, baby. So I guess that was, uh, that was to me, too. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You whiny little freak. Yeah, people don't like me. It's good. We again. We mentioned it a couple times since the podcast started. We always wanted to start the podcast because we were getting too much love. We thought and we wanted people to realize how miserable we were. I think they're starting to realize. What do you think of that? I, I don't like it. Well, you know what's next. We're just going to keep rolling. We're going to roll. All right, let's keep this, rolling. This podcast is going to be a two-hour and fifty-minute podcast. We're going to oh, make things short. That, that'd be like a short thing. It would only take you about seven hours to download that. It'll be so short. We're going to call it Jim. It was so funny because we. I had been telling you. Yeah, thanks a lot. I had been telling you that a lot of people, meaning Ben at work. Yeah. complained that the download for the podcast was too long. And I said, I don't, you know what? He might be on to something. Maybe people don't want to download that much. And you just kind of pish-poshed it until you had to download it yourself. Yeah, I finally downloaded one uh, this week, and took it took while. fucking forever. Yeah, yeah, that's what you get when you get a three-hour and 20-minute podcast. Freaking nonsense. But Last week was supposed to be the quick one, too. Yeah, I thought it was quick, too. And then I, I put it together, I did it, and I sent you the note. We're still at three hours. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Uh, next up is the news. The news of the week. News of the week, baby. News of the week. And the first item is kind of what we hinted at earlier. Uh, Justice League Gods and Monsters movie and comic were kind of announced. I told you the Justice League Gods and Monsters movie had been announced a while back. I even looked up and I saw some reference to it in July and a lot in September. But what it is, uh, what it is, what it is, this week a trailer was released for the animated movie that will be due out on July 28th. It's badass. And what I heard was Justice League Gods and Monsters is a new direct to DVD movie from producer Bruce Tim, one of the driving forces behind Batman and the Animated Series and its various spinoffs. The film takes place in an alternate universe where very different and more brutal versions of the DC Trinity have risen to power. The film will feature the voice talents of Michael C. Hall as Batman, Benjamin Bratt as Superman, and Tamara Taylor as Wonder Woman. What do you think of that cast? I don't think I know them off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, I, they seem to make that a big deal. But uh, They also revealed they'll be publishing a comic book prequel to their upcoming animated movie. And this digital first series will explore these new versions of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman before the events of the movie. While most stories will have a solo focus, the comic's final storyline will detail the formation of this world's Justice League. No writer has been announced yet, but Tony Silas is on art. And I love Tony Silas. Yeah, he's uh, good. He did the art on Batman Beyond and Batman Beyond 2.0, which was awesome. So I can't wait. Uh, what's weird about this is this is one of the first ones that I've, I've uh, heard that it definitely seems like a limited, a, you know, a limited series because they're already saying that the last, um, the last uh, 
arc will be about the formation of this world's Justice League. Well, that's what uh, it seems like the movie's all about, because uh, one of the special features on the Batman vs. Robin was a behind-the-scenes look at this movie. Okay. Well, what's weird about this is why I'm saying this is the book comes out on July 28th, or yeah. the, the movie comes out July 28th. The only mention I saw of this comic is that the comic's going to start in July. Right. So you would think that it would end as the movie came out, because that's leading into the movie, but if that was the case, there would only be four weeks. Yeah, companion so it piece, can't, it whatever. It can't be, but like I, but I know, but it's it's odd. Like I said, most of them just kind of give an open ended thing, but this one definitely seems like it has like a uh, a limited run. It really looked interesting from the stuff I saw last night, mm-hmm. uh, because in this world, it's the the Superman is the son of General Zod. No, oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. he's like, and they're focusing on this whole idea where is evil hereditary. You know, he he's kind of a god, but he's got a lot of anger and he takes a lot of shit, like things out on people. Okay. And the Wonder Woman is the new god, Becca. Okay. Which we've seen a lot since Godhead started. Now she's in the uh, Sinestro series. Um, what's weird about that is there was a whole uh, kind of uh, storyline like that in the Justice League Beyond 2.0 about uh, Superman and Wonder Woman's son. And that, so maybe that's kind of a, it's not a continuation, I don't think. But... No, it's not. It's a completely new story. Yeah. And the Batman is actually Kurt Langstrom. Okay. Yeah, that's who's uh, not man bat, but he's like he has disease, and he started taking doing everything he could to try to cure it, mm-hmm. and he ended up like what they called bat venom, but I don't know what the fuck bat venom is, but they, that's what they that said, was... and became a vampire. So now he's the Batman. Yeah, well that's that's pretty cool. I, I'll I'll probably read and review the comic. I would guess it. See how it goes. I, I'm a big fan of the digital titles, and um, if any history uh, plays itself out as it always does, this is the last we'll hear about this title until it comes out, and then I'll message you three days after it comes out and tell you that it came hey, out. Hey, guys, and monsters! Nobody will know. I'll go. Holy yeah. crap! It came out this week. They're and then terrible. I'll be the only one. Oh, they're the worst. This I'm telling you, it's always about two or three months ahead of time. I, I think I said last week is you get a deluge of promotion. <laughs> Two or three months ahead of time, and then you hear nothing, and then it comes out out of nowhere. Um, behind the scenes, I... Is that how they say it? Deluge? I, that's what I say. Deluge? Deluge, deluge. I said, anyway. the one time I said, uh, I walked by the TV and when the Olympics were on, and somebody said, hey, what's on? I said, deluge. Ba-boom. I, uh, behind the scenes, I... You don't messaged, have your rim shot? No, I do somewhere. I did have it. I uh, messaged Alex Antone. A um, one of the digital first editors, and hoping that he was the one editing this one. The God's yeah, he's Monsters, a good dude. Trying to get some inside info of who might be in line for the writing. He's not doing it though. He actually said he wished and was all Jesus excited. Christ! I don't know what that was. Something. So, uh, he said that he wished he was doing it. When I went to his page, all he's been doing. It's drinking beer. It seems the last couple of weeks. Everything on his page on Twitter is about drinking. Holy shit. Yeah, he's been drinking a lot. And you know what that means? He's going to die soon? Deluge. No, no, it does Thank not. you, thank you. Uh, the next piece of news is huge. And I know that later on, uh, when we get Dan's Geek News, he's going to be talking about it as well. But it's Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice trailer came out. Yes, it did. And what did you think of it? I thought it was amazing. Uh, I thought it was too. I got a little hard while watching it. Uh, would you be shocked if I told you I really wasn't excited for the movie until I saw the trailer? I really could care less. 
would you be shocked that I'm still not like you know excited? I, uh, I like I like the trailer a lot, but I am not going to get hyped at this point. Well, that's the thing. I was going to tell you the reason why I'm not really that excited <laughs> is because it's so far away. I'm saying, and, and the, wor- the worst part is I'm so glad that the trailer leaked. Yeah. Because I was tired of seeing this goddamn. We're having teasers of teasers now. Yeah, I know. You see that fucking thing they had where yeah. it was a teaser to the freaking teaser? Yeah. Yeah. I was so angry. And then this week, I was like, ah, oh, fuck all you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was, um, what were they going to play for uh, during the, was this what they were going to play during, um, what's the movie that they were going to? Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, Mad Max. Do you think this was going to be it? Yes. So they're going to probably have to revamp something and show more footage. I don't think they are. Uh, you don't think? That was, they were doing that so that more people would go to see that damn movie. Didn't that movie come out yesterday? Uh, I don't know. Did it? I thought it was still weeks away. I really don't know. I have no idea. Maybe it did. That's I don't... Again, you were talking about Mad Max Fury Road like you were going to go see it. I know you weren't going to. We don't even know when it comes out. It probably did. It comes out. People are I don't going to see it right now. Out. Yeah, I know. Um, the problem with me with the Batman vs. Superman is that Avengers comes out before then, obviously. That's less than a month away. And then Star Wars comes 12 out. Twelve days, I believe. Yeah, so there's two huge movies before I even start even thinking about Batman v Superman. And believe me, I can't stand saying Batman v Superman. And in no. fact, my kids have never heard of the term one on one today, where we were at the park and they're like, let's play some 1v1. I, I was going to kill them. It's going to slap them upside the head. And well, that's just bad parenting. Throw the basketball right in their face. Jesus Christ. Then we found a baseball and took it. It was, like, right. it was just like in the grass, and so we grabbed it, took it, ran, and ran, looked behind. Nobody saw us, and we got the fuck the car, out of here. You ain't and running. We squealed off. Oh, I was running. Running my mouth. That's uh, right. The next bit of news I actually put in this for you because Dan Jurgens had an interview on one of your favorite sites, Newsarama, and he talked about the Batman Beyond comic coming in June. Did you see this when I put it in? Did you read yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I read it. I got yeah, it. yeah. Uh, he said that Tim Drake, now wearing the Batman Beyond costume, finds himself thrown into a future that exists several decades from now. Gotham City is now known as Neo Gotham. While some of the world has been ravaged by the destructive effects of Brother Eye, the technological achievements of the Wayne Powers Corporation have safeguarded Gotham and kept it intact. Do you like that so far? No. I don't either. And it goes on. Brother Eye is far from the only challenge. Just as we see the world around us becoming more frayed, the world of the future will, even, will be even more fractured. Very different societies and countries will have emerged. That's okay, right? Actually, you know what? I like that other bit. I'm actually just angry because of this bit you put at the end of the Oh, I know. Well, that's what he said. Uh, we'll get oh, to that. Uh, he yeah, also yeah, yeah. said, they, uh, Newsarama asked him, uh, what about the beard? Is Tim going to keep the beard? And he said, yes, Tim will keep the beard. It's more of like what he calls... It's not a, a 5 o'clock shadow. It's like a 9.30 shadow or something. It's a little yeah, more than the shadow. What is this wrong thinking? This is what people want to know? Fuck it. Is it going to keep the beard? Yeah, that's what they asked. I guess people... It's weird because I think that they were playing off that whole Superman beard and right. thinking that people cared about the Tim Drake beard. Nobody cared about the Tim Drake beard. No. It's ridiculous. I, but, I care about him making out with old ladies. Yeah. In the interview, weird. though, he did say... That this is the definitive future of the DCU. That's what he said. So the world that they're in with Brother Eye and all that is the definitive future of the DCU. And he also said that there's going to be some more multiverse things that happen in the next couple months that are going to blow people's minds. 
I think he's full of shit. That's what he said. He, I think he has been on the record as all, saying that before about the definitive future because I think in the interview is what happened is they actually asked him about it again. And he said, right. yep, it is. It's the definitive future, but wait till you see what we have in store for you with the multiverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I think that that's bull crap. But. Yeah, I'm not buying the definitive future thing. There is no way that the events depicted in Future Zen could continue to exist after everything that was changed, you know, because... It doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's it's even weird too, though, is that it doesn't even seem in this interview. I think it is, but it doesn't seem quite like the uh, this book is directly from what happens with Tim in the in Future's End either. Well, it it has seems to be. like it's a little different. Well, I'm saying it has to be. I'm saying, but for this to be the definitive future would mean that Batman Beyond going back in time to begin with mm-hmm. the actual like zero issue of Future's End is the reason that this is going on. It's a goddamn paradox. Uh, well, also, he also mentioned that there was still uh, Terry McGinnis, Bat, uh, Batman Beyond, still out there and might be involved. Well, that's some bullshit. Well, that's what he said. He's it writing doesn't it. make it's any goddamn sense. You. You're just a, a performer on a podcast, buddy. That's yes, it. I am a performer. You I'm write your that. reviews, you're on the podcast, but you know what? Freaking Dan Jurgens knows where it's at. He's going to tell you what the definitive future of the so, DCU is. You so, can't say anything about it. So what you're telling me is that Dan Jurgens says... I'm not telling you anything. I'm just reading what he said. <laughs> but he said a bunch of crap. <laughs> so we spent a whole year waiting for yep. a downrunning that's telling kids and man-children alike all across the world that no matter what you do, the future's going to suck and you're going to die horribly. Yep. Yeah. But I can't take that. How, I'm saying... Why should I keep reading since I know the ending now? All our heroes are going to die horribly. Because it's about the journey. It's about the journey, not the destination. But why would they tell me this? (laughs) I don't know. That's what he said. Bullshit. Maybe it's because he's writing that book and just wants you to think that because that's what he's involved. I'm going with alternate future. Maybe he's just scrolling with you. Maybe he's like, that Eric guy, that guy loves the future, and I'm going to crush his spirit right now. So there. The next piece of news you're you're not too fond of either, I don't think. I don't believe it either. Well, it was huge. It was this week. Jim Gordon is the mecha suit of... Well, maybe I should say that there are some spoilers here, but hey, if you're listening, listen to the robot at the beginning. We spoil the, shit. 3XL. 3XL. 3XL said we're spoiling stuff, so we're spoiling the uh, Batman coming up. So if you don't really want to know, just turn it off and never come back because we spoil stuff without telling you. Jim Gordon is the mecha suit of Batman in DC's free comic book day, and that leads into the uh, Batman 41. And what happened this week is that images from DC's free comic book day book divergence were leaked, and they showed the identity of that mecha suit of Batman that everybody was uh, wondering about, and it is supposedly Jim Gordon. In the leaked image, Gordon is telling Maggie Sawyer that he'd like to go on record as saying this is the dumbest idea in the history of Gotham. Now, I sent you the pic. We, I, we heard this. I'm looking at the picture right now. We heard it earlier this week. It, it was leaked from that picture, just that picture, that it's Gordon. doesn't look like Gordon to me. doesn't look anything like Gordon. I know, but I, I guess. And then at the beginning, it says Commissioner Gordon Maggie Sawyer saying that. And I don't know. That could be, uh, you, could, you could think different things about that. Say that isn't Gordon. Yeah. And somebody on the panel before, or the panel before, um, they said, who else is going to help Commissioner Gordon? Absolutely then, not. Yeah. See, it works, doesn't it? I know. It's not. Or uh, they say, you know, hey, uh, who got caught at the truck stop with his pants down? Commissioner Gordon? 
Look, this was leaked. I'm saying this is a gigantic red herring. Uh, I guess somebody got it. The, the site that got it was a foreign site. It wasn't our favorite. What was our favorite before that used to get everything? Oh, yeah. well, fucking, uh, uh, what the hell was it, Latino? Latino, Latino News or whatever Yeah, or something like that. Uh, this was another uh, foreign site that leaked this, and supposedly I got the idea that maybe they were involved in printing, and right. then somebody got a hold of it and leaked it and put it out. Uh, it definitely, if, if it's a red herring, and that's not uh, Greg Capullo art, then somebody's doing a good job, because that looks... That no, 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 no. I'm saying, what I'm saying is it's a red herring that w it was leaked on purpose to show mm -hmm. this page to make you know. think it was uh, Commissioner Gordon. I don't know why why DC would do that. You get hype up and... Yeah, like, but everybody you know, was already hyped. The, the suit itself got people hyped and then you have all the talk about it. People were and going And now on. you have a surprise. Yeah, but you now get... you don't have a surprise. Now they've... They, if that's what they did, they ruined it. No, I'm saying now they have a surprise... So when you read it, it's not Commissioner no. Gordon. Yeah. Follow I along. I'm no. leading you down a I, path here. I Follow. Don't, I don't think that. DC never does anything like that. They're too... They don't think like that. Well, I'm looking at this. It does not look like Commissioner Gordon. Fuck, that doesn't even look like Maggie Sawyer well, to me. I guess from the other thing is when that came out, then I think... Um, what's his name came out? Scott Snyder came out and, and confirmed that that's what it was and said that uh, what he was doing when he wrote that was... Uh, what Commissioner, well, what Jim Gordon, because he's not commissioner anymore, what Jim Gordon was saying about it going on record as maybe the dumbest idea, that was actually him telling the audience that that's what he thought as well, and he's worried. It's one of those things, like, it might be the best or the worst idea I ever had, but he did comment on it. It looks like Jason Bard to me, and I think he's trying to make up for the shit he did during Eternal. Yeah, I don't know why you would take a guy who tried to burn the whole city down and cause martial law and give him the most, you know, uh, what's it called, a, a suit of death that he could just go out and kill anybody with, because it looks like that's pretty heavily armored. Oh, yes. Yeah, I don't... But no, I, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I, I don't think that it would ever be him. If it's anybody else, it's it's just some other guy. Because I don't see why you would take a guy who basically should be in jail and then give him a powerful okay. suit of destruction. Because you don't have the whole story here. You don't know what's going to happen. Oh, I did. I thought, oh, actually, I have the solicit of... Uh, what they said about this divergence, the, right. the comic book day. And it says, a first look at upcoming storylines, DC Comics Divergence features three eight-page previews for the June releases of Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman, as well as Jeff Johns and Jason Fawbuck's launch of the Dark Side War within Justice League, featuring the biggest villains in the DCU, Dark Side and the Anti-Monitor, and Oops. Gene Lon Yang's DC Comics debut with celebrated artist John Romita Jr. on Superman. So we'll see. We have... Uh, but, again, I think that comes out about the same thing, like three weeks from now, two weeks from now. Yeah. When is it? Is it May? May 2nd, May I believe. May 2nd. So, yeah, it's coming up uh, soon. So we'll, we'll get to yell at each other more then. But I don't, I don't think it's Bard. If it's not Gordon, then I think it's, I don't know. Uh, I, either way, I think it's nonsense. I'm not looking forward to that at all. And luckily, you'll be reading it and reviewing it. Yeah, I like Batman. Oh, I, I do too, but I don't like uh, somebody in a mech suit from the uh, GCPD. You don't know Batman. if you like that or not yet. Yeah, Why do you got to go in there with an open mind, stupid. man? Damn. I, you're reviewing it. I'm not reading it. You're going to be reading for the podcast? Yeah, I will, but then I'll yell at it then. The next story, DC Comics variant covers theme for July as Teen Titans Go. How is this news? That's news. It came out. It was huge That's on the bullshit. internet. People were reporting. They had all the covers being released. 
None of the covers are anything they sent to us, so we couldn't put it up. But I bet you if we put it up on the site, it would have been the biggest thing today. It was big. People were, I, I think I, I think I saw it on Comic Book Resources, and they had 100 comments about it. People love it. They love that Teen Titans go. I guess. And people love variant covers. Every time we put up a story about variant covers, it's been pretty big. We like the movie variants. Better I, I really like the movie Teen variant Titans covers. Teen Titans go. But that's Teen Titans Go. I don't know what the next uh, thing would be. And what appears to be the last piece of news. It's, it's hardly news. I say, are we making this news? <laughs> yep. Uh, earlier this week, Eric came into work and said to me, Hey, uh, somebody is stealing our reviews. And putting... I don't believe I said stealing. I thought you did. You, you messaged me at one point. Oh, I was at work and you messaged me. You got up early, I guess, that day and you were looking at stuff. And the best part is, is it seems you were searching yourself out. <laughs> so you were typing in weird science Eric Shea yes. into uh, Google, which is the most pretentious thing I've ever heard you do <laughs> I was looking the for last the... pretentious thing you did. I was looking for the Vine Live a bit. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you did say that. That's a good cover. That was a great cover because yeah. that's not what I was doing at no, all. You I were looking up yourself. I was looking to see if there was any mention anywhere on YouTube about us. And there was. And there was. Yeah, there was. Uh, in fact, it's a guy who we assume the pronunciation is Stephen Copper. Yes. Stephen Copper has been on YouTube, and he reads people's reviews. It's very odd. What he does is he grabs reviews from other, from all sorts of sites, including yeah. ours, and uh, reads the, the review pretty much verbatim <laughs> while a video plays behind it. And the thing is, is I don't Montage know. Montage of pages uh, from that sh book. Should we be offended by this? No, no. I, I think that mo uh, I think some people would, but no, we're not offended because this it's has hilarious. now become my favorite guy on all the internet. And I'm I'm gonna play a little example of him. He this is him doing my Batman Arkham Knight number five review. And first off, I'll let you know, I wrote this review, right? Yes. I don't know what he's saying, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about it in a second about where. Uh, as you're listening to this, everybody listening to to this podcast, <clears throat> think in your mind, where is this guy from? Because I have my theory, and uh, Reggie he agrees with me. But let's listen. Hello guys, this is Ivan here. It's time for some Batman Arkham Knight issue number Wait, I gotta stop already. I love the way the guy says Arkham Knight. It's the best ever. I gotta play that again. Here we go. Hello guys, this is Ivan here. It's time for some Batman Arkham Knight issue number 5 action. It's been quite a while and I'm really enjoying this one. I hope you guys will enjoy this. And uh, it's been pretty good. And uh, I decided that I will upload the full, that three issues together, four issues together. Like <laughs> I'm listening. I've listened to this so many times now that I do know what he's saying now. And it makes me laugh because this is his little intro. Uh, the one thing, though, he does credit us coming up. Yes. Uh, I, I, he, the guy can't say dot .com. That's, that's not part of his vernacular. Uh, listen here. That, that, like the end of the enemy or death of the enemy, I'll contain with three ports, and I will upload that review together. So here we go with the issue number five review. Hope you guys will enjoy this one. This is Weird Science Comics blog dot blogspot.in. <laughs> he says blogspot.in. In. I, I don't understand. Um, 
Now, I'm not going to play this whole thing, even though I would love to. I just sit and listen to it. I have a smile on my face when I hear it. But the best part is he's he's reading our reviews, and we tend to have some funny... I, I'm not even saying funny as in, like, we're hilarious comics. We we tend to say stuff like, shit gets real. Yeah. Uh, you know, you at one point in one of your reviews from New Guardians, you said that uh, Kyle Rayner had a rape face. Uh, <laughs> you know, we tend to, or, you know, at some point we might mention somebody at a truck stop on a Wednesday. Who knows? But to hear this guy say that stuff is so funny. And Without he, any punctuation. He doesn't have any... I'm telling you, the inflection is off because he's obviously not a uh, native English speaker. I think that it's obvious that he's from France that he speaks French. I have no idea, that, man. Uh, Reggie agrees with me. In fact, I sent him that, and I said, what do you think of this? I just wanted to see what he thought. First off, he's like, man, you guys have gone international. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then he's like, who's that, Gerard Depardieu? <laughs> like, I made that joke this week. Me and you did. Uh, but, yeah, it's so funny. But he's on YouTube, and the thing that gets me angry, not him, because I love him, and in fact, if anybody knows this guy, if it ever can get him on this, tell him about us. He email us at weirdsidesdccomics at gmail.com. I want this guy on the podcast. <laughs> if not doing a weekly review where he reads a review, one of the digital titles maybe, but I really want him on in an interview. <laughs> I want to talk to this guy. He might be our third. He is on the podcast from now on. The other thing I love oh, is geez. his name's Stephen Copper. Yes. At the beginning, if you hear, he says his name. I he says his. This is Steve Wong. Uh, I he. I don't know, but I. What love are you going with here? Huh? Uh, just the way he even says his name seems wrong, and it should. That's his name, but he. Just, the best part. One of the reviews I because I like looked it up on my own name, you know, and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. So I, I got one of my Earth Two reviews. Yep. And uh, at one point, I, I don't even know if he reads it beforehand. Yeah, I think he just, just goes going. in fresh well, because I cursed at one point in my review and then he's like realizes what he said. Um, pardon the language. Yeah, he, he to, that's what I'm saying. We curse sometimes. No, you curse more than me. But yeah. Awesome. Um, the other thing I, I loved about it is that in between sentences, he no pause whatsoever. No, no pause between paragraphs either. It just <laughs> goes. And in fact, when I saw this or you, you sent it to me and I listened, I had the big idea that from now on, we're going to make our uh, – we're going to have 3XL. I'm going to put it in the text-to-speech, and I'm going to have 3XL, the robot voice, from the beginning of the podcast doing reviews on, on YouTube. And I did it. I, I understood 3XL better than I understand <laughs> Stephen Copper, but you didn't weird, like it. The weird part is you sent it to me. I, I could not get through the whole thing because it's fucking annoying as shit. I still have it saved, though. I can't get, bring myself That's to right. delete it. It's so good. Uh, yes, I even had a little intro with 3XL, and then I made, uh, after I sent that to you, see, this is what happens. You send me this thing uh, with the Stephen Co Copper, and I go nuts, and for, go, three, go Godzilla. for three hours, I'm doing this. I'm going to set up a YouTube channel with this, because uh, unfortunately, the guy got some views on this thing. My, I think my Arkham Knight one that, he, that we just listened to got, you know, it's not stellar, but it's... People are going to watch these. Here's one. Um, your Earth 2 World's End, number 13 right. that I had, uh, got 557 views and uh, 11 uh, thumbs up. You're in, baby. That, that's it. And that, then there's the best thing, too, is during it or underneath on, um, on YouTube, people comment. And he keeps answering as if he did the review. <laughs> It's like, you know, what you mean on that? He's like, oh, I meant, no, you didn't mean anything, Stephen Copper. 
Eric meant it, but hey, how dare you? Like I said, uh, I'm not. I'm not mad. Uh, I think it's funny. I love the guy's voice. I I could listen to him say Arkham Knight and also the Arkham Knight action. <laughs> I love it. It sounds the best so part. Cool. You brought this to my attention because after I told you about it, you like looked this guy up up oh, and down yeah. everything he put out. Because that's what and I do. All your reviews. I think for the majority of them, he says this is by Jim Wormer from Tech Talk. Yeah, he or, no, what it know, is is yeah, he has all these other is. websites. So what I do is I'm listening to it, and every time I look it up, it's like Jim Wormer's review, and it's like here's Jim Wormer from TechTimes.com, and he could say .com I think with Tech Times. It's just with our <laughs> website, he can't get it. Also on his YouTube channel, it seems like every time somebody is involved, another site that he he reads a review from, he has a link to that review. Ours, he just writes weird science. He could care less. He does say that he loves us each time. Yeah, yeah. It is funny when uh, some of the other ones, he's like, and here again, I'm with the weird science guys who I really enjoy. And here's some <laughs> Arkham Knight action. See, I'm, I'm working on my, my Stephen Cobb. What you're Copper. doing is being offensive. I am being someone. offensive, but probably Stephen Cobb. Not but me. If he but... gets offended. <laughs> I'm telling him to rip these things down with this Arkham Knight action. At one point in that review... You're going to tell him to rip it down. What are you going to do if he doesn't? I don't know. He can't, I can't do anything about Damn it. Damn right. Uh, at one point in that review, I say, um, oh, the shit gets real. And he <laughs> says it. It makes me laugh so much. I love. I actually had my uh, sons all listen. They were all laughing. We love you, you know who I think he is? Who's that? He's, he's the, like, this is going back in time. Like, he's this era's version. But the kid who... Played Jean Claude Van Damme, oh, the younger say, fellow, and uh, Claude Van Damme, I'm in. Yeah, he's in Bloodsport. He's, he's the kid in Bloodsport. That at the beginning, if anybody is very familiar with the movie, at one point he's got a Giants, a San Francisco Giants <laughs> hat on, and for some reason a New York Giants jersey. That they're like, hey, get Giants garb because this guy's, you know, they're supposed to be in California. Somebody went and got a New York Giants. I don't. It makes no sense. No. That's when he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> but, oh, and then the the kid when the the um, the Asian kid gets beat up and he's like, someday I'm gonna fight in the Kumite to make my dad proud. I too fight in the Kumite. <laughs> such a great movie. It's funny we make fun of this kid like playing Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, it's the worst. But then you watch Cyborg with Jean Claude Van Damme. Like, I do not want to see yeah, die. That's the thing. Yeah, the kid actually we didn't realize that kid is the best actor of all time, <laughs> and later went on to be Christian Bale. Oh, my God. Yes. It all makes sense now. That's uh, almost like uh, for those old folks like me, it's like a Steve Harvey thing. And, and that kid was John. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about on the radio? Yes. When like, and the kid went this, and then he became that. And that kid ended up being Stephen Hawking. Ooh. Thank you. You know what's next? What's that, baby? More boy? news. And, and in fact, when I was writing this, we, we go through our whole news and then we go to Dan's Geek News. It's kind of redundant. But I always ask him what he's going to do beforehand so we don't get too, uh, too much overlap. And we're not going to have much overlap this week. Fair because enough. Because you know what he's going to talk about? No. Batman v Superman trailer. Uh, you're the worst. <laughs> New Star Wars trailer. Okay, that's great. Okay. Kiss Scooby-Doo crossover film. Which is funny, beforehand I was telling you You just made that up. And you thought that I meant a live... Maybe it is live action. No, I'm going to tell you, though. If it is a live action... That'd be so cool. I I hated the Scooby-Doo live action movies. Yeah. I would need to see this in the theater. That would be pretty cool, but the problem is uh, the Kiss, they're they're old old fellas. 
That, what I'm saying, when they were young fellas, it's still prime. What was that one Phantom in the Park? They yeah, did? Phantom in the Park. That was a oh, huge that's one. terrible. That was huge. It was terrible. Uh, I would love to see Kiss go to Gilligan's Island. <laughs> that's what I want. Kiss on Gilligan's Island, and somehow a team up with the Brady Bunch. I don't know why, but I think that'd be good. Uh, well, Jane... after seeing these commercials, though, I kind of want to see like uh, Danny Trejo team up with the Brady Bunch. <laughs> uh, Brady Bunch kills. The shetty. Danny Trejo's now in Marsha. The greatest family in the world meets Uh, the greatest killer in the world. And then Kiss shows up. Gene Simmons and uh, Ace Fraley, they're all there. Ah, and also he's going to touch on Mortal Kombat and Grand Theft Auto launch issues. Maybe we can get Tom Elliott from Rush in there. (laughs) Yeah, Tom Elliott. (laughs) Keep going. That was the... We we loved that podcast when we thought Tom Elliott. Well, you thought Tom Elliott was the the lead singer of Rush. No, no, when, I got mad because I was like, "Who are they to say the Tom Elliott?" Cause I'm like, I don't even know that member. There's no yeah. way he's the lead of Rush. Yeah, remember I said that. I joked aside. I said, "Oh, he's the lead singer of Rush," and then you went with it. That was great. And that is the least listened to podcast we've done yet. Makes sense. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, like I said, he's also going to touch on the Mortal Kombat and Grand Theft Auto launch issues. Fair enough. It's funny, when he first sent me the note of what he was going to do, I thought that said lunch issues. I was like, what? They had a lunch? And I wasn't invited? To finish him specials? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess he's going to, I guess that's the computer side of things. I didn't know Mortal Kombat X was coming out on the computer. That seems weird. Why? I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a computer game. Maybe it isn't. Maybe there's launch issues on the consoles as well. I think the Grand Theft Auto just relaunched uh, Grand Theft Auto Five came out on the computer. Well, I know my buddy Felman picked up Mortal Kombat X as soon as it came out, and he's been playing it all goddamn what week. What does he have? What system? Uh, PS4. Okay. That's... Hey, actually, you know what? Fuck it. If you have, uh, if anybody out there has a PS4 and wants to play Mortal Kombat with him, his uh, username is Felmalicious. Felmalicious, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Lovely. I'm sure he'll be like, "Hey, three people tried to play." Uh, Mortal Kombat uh, X with me, and one's Dan. I don't know. I think Dan's more computer guy. I don't know that he has consoles, even though the guy has no money at all and's going to Cancun. So maybe Cancun. he Cancun. Maybe he just picked up a PlayStation Four and an Xbox One. Actually, two Xbox Ones, and he has seven kitchens. You done now? Yeah. Let's get to Dan's geek news. Fair enough. Hello, Weird Science. Dan here, coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. Uh, now, if you haven't heard, uh, they released a teaser for the trailer for Batman vs. Superman coming to IMAX on 420. And then the trailer leaked out the next day. So, the Batman-Superman trailer leaks out online. Warner Brothers, in their infinite wisdom, decided to pull a cease and desist. Uh, today, I was checking the headlines... And hallelujah, they have released early the HD official trailer for Batman vs. Superman. So now I've seen a general idea of how things are going to look, how different characters are going to move. And I'm excited to see the new Batman vs. Superman movie. Uh, But after seeing the trailer, I'm still hoping for more. I'm hoping that they just... I don't know how to say this. I, I, I'm i not really sure how I'm trying to word this. Uh, what I'm more or less trying to say is I really hope that this film doesn't turn out to be Man of Steel all over again. Because Man of Steel was good, but Man of Steel wasn't amazing. I kind of I left the theater after I saw Man of Steel hoping for more. 
And I feel like the film didn't deliver as good as it could have. So I'm hoping this film is a little bit stronger. Ben Affleck's Batman does look pretty cool, though. Uh, I can definitely see the Frank Miller inspiration in the character. That being said, that wasn't the big trailer for me this week. The big trailer for me this week was the second Star Wars Force Awakens trailer at Celebration in Anaheim, California. So they were streaming the... <coughs> they were streaming the um, Force Awakens panel. With Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Peter Mayhew, uh, Daisy Ridley was there, John Boyega was there, Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams. They had, they had all those people there, and they were streaming out the panel. And BB-8, who's the little ball droid from the new Star Wars movie, he was actually out on stage rolling around. And that character looks freaking awesome after uh, seeing this character... Uh, I'm just excited just to see this character in the film, because this character, it's not a special effect like I thought it was. It was done entirely practically. But they released a new trailer. That's available now online. And I got chills watching the trailer, because the trailer looks really good, even with Disney's reset continuity. But at the very end of the trailer, it is impossible not to get chills when Han Solo and Chewbacca are shown, and you see how these characters look. Now, I, I just, I had chills running down my spine. So the new Star Wars film, I am really excited for that. <laughs> You'll have to forgive me, I'm battling some allergies right now. It's pretty bad today. Um, this next news story I saw kind of killed my hope for society a little bit, but it is what it is. Uh, a 29-year-old man is recovering from a ruptured thumb tendon. Now, normally that would not constitute geek news until I read the article and I saw how he ruptured his tendon. Uh, this gentleman decided to use his left hand for eight weeks straight to play Candy Crush Saga during his every waking moment while going about his normal life with his right hand. So finally, when he got done with that, he went to see a doctor. He said he had pain. Turns out he ruptured his tendon. Are we seriously, as a society, at the point where we are so obsessed with our mobile games that are on our phones that we can't put them down and we need to injure ourselves over them? This is almost as bad as what the developers are doing now, <clears throat> getting the games ready for the Apple Watch. So many of my games are coming through Apple Watch Update, Apple Watch Update. I don't want to play games on my watch, and I don't want the games on my phone to um, take over my life to that capacity. Uh, gaming was big in the news this week. There were two major releases that came out. Uh, Grand Theft Auto V for the PC and Mortal Kombat X for consoles and PC. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, it looks like, outside of some issues with Steam when they were downloading the game, everything went well with that. Uh, I didn't really hear any major complaints about that. I've heard people are enjoying the game. <clears throat> However, Grand Theft, o uh, Grand, Theft o Grand Theft Auto went well. As for Mortal Kombat X... When it first launched out, uh, there were definitely some problems downloading that game that Windows users were experiencing through Steam. Um, and from what I've heard, the multiplayer for the game is currently not up and running. <coughs> now, I'm not sure uh, what exactly is going on right now with NetherRealm Entertainment, but they're just they're not having luck with this Mortal Kombat thing. Uh, the multiplayer is not working on the console version, and on the mobile version, which came out beforehand... Uh, that's out for iOS right now. That's still glitchy and buggy as hell. There's still features they haven't opened up on that yet that should have been up and running, and they keep pulling things because they're not working. Uh, on the bright side, on the mobile version, I've been getting a lot of free souls to make up for that, uh, but I'm really hoping they'll get this fixed. Uh, there should be an Android version coming out in about two weeks of Mortal Kombat X, which is the free-to-play mobile version. Uh, and a lot of Android users who I've talked to have said they want the game, they want the game. 
they don't want the game yet. Right now, the game is buggy. It's glitchy. They don't want that. Uh, I did get a chance to watch some gameplay footage. The new Mortal Kombat game does look fantastic if you have the stomach for it. It is very brutal. I sat down finally today and watched video of all the fatalities. And I think at this point, the uh, developers of Mortal Kombat are just trying to go for gore for the sake of gore. Um, it, it's getting a little strong, but the game still looks awesome. If you're a gamer and you want to check that out, I can highly recommend that based on what I've seen. And Grand Theft Auto V, of course, if you haven't played that yet, I'm going to give that my recommendation. Uh, and the final big news story for the week was uh, Scooby-Doo is in the news again. Now, if you think back to the 70s and 80s, they did uh, the new Scooby-Doo movies. 60, I think it was the late 60s, early 70s, and they might have done some in the 80s, where Scooby-Doo would cross over with Batman, uh, uh, the Harlem Globetrotters, Don Knotts, etc., well, now they brought something back in that vein where they're doing a Scooby-Doo team-up comic book series. And now they've announced a third Scooby-Doo team-up movie because they've been doing these movies now. They did Scooby-Doo and the Flintstones. Then they did a Scooby-Doo wrestling one. Now they've just announced that Kiss and Scooby-Doo is coming out later this year. I'm really excited for that. It's going to see uh, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer, the members of Kiss, actually voicing themselves. Um, and it's going to be in a full-length animated feature film, uh, direct-to-DVD, of course. So I'm really excited for that. I'm a big Kiss fan. I can't wait to see that. Uh, but that looks like that's going to be pretty cool. Kiss hasn't really done a lot of movies. Their name is attached to Detroit Rock City, and they made an appearance in that. It was an okay movie. It was a comedy, kind of funny. The only other real film they ever did was Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. And if any of you have seen that, it's not good. And if any of you haven't seen it, don't. I'm a Kiss fan, and I fell asleep watching that. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Kiss did make one appearance on uh, an episode of What's New Scooby-Doo on a Halloween episode before, but now it's nice to see that they're finally giving them a full-length animated feature. Uh, as always, if you want to check out my blog, you can do so at 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com, and you'll always be able to find my digital and vertigo reviews on uh, Weird Science on their website. Uh, until next time, this is Dan, signing off. Break it down. You think we rule the world and it's kind of scary, but our influence has gone extraplanetary. We build satellites and make all your sallies work, while you're the douche on Earth acting like a jerk. Among us nerds, it's all sugar and spice, and we're studying the... And we're back. That was Dan's Geek News. Do you I like that? I, I sprung that on you quick. We were just talking that. Boom. Dan's Geek News. Boosh. Boosh. There it is. Uh, what do you think about that news, Eric? Why, why do you got to do this? I just said I hope it was good. What do you want from me here? Uh, uh, I have not, He hasn't sent it to us yet, so we'll insert that, and hopefully it all goes well. Hopefully he talks about everything I said he was going to. Yeah. Because, boy, those Grand Theft Auto launch issues, they really got me uh, at wit's end. You're a jerk. Uh, now we're at the meat, the meat of the podcast. Why do you like saying the meat so much? The part of the podcast that a reviewer on Stitcher liked to point out that, yes, Eric and Jim talk a lot of nonsense, but, man, those guys know what they're talking about. They might right. try to hide it, but they're not as much morons as they think they or they want you to think they are. I actually hey. think we are. Confidence, all right. I'm going to start this off by telling you that we're going to ramble on about books. We already said 3XL said we're going to spoil the shit out of this stuff. But if you want to read our comical, well-written, non-edited reviews, 
go to our podcast our podcast see i can't even say it go to our website at weird science dc comics blog dot blogspot dot in <laughs> or dot com i still like how stephen copper says it. i always want to say cooper but yeah hey. go to our thing and go to weird science dc comics blog dot blogspot dot com check out our reviews we we try to put a good effort in we try to get everyone done and we did, and we have, and we're going to talk about every single one of them tonight. But before we go on, I just want to say one thing. I was talking to you earlier in this week. We were kicking around the idea oh, yes. that the podcast is long. Very, very, very long. long. But you know what? We like it that way. We like talking nonsense. We like to talk with each other, though we talk to each other all week. We like to get together on a Saturday night, kick back talk a little comics, talk some nonsense. And what happens is we end up with a three-hour podcast, correct? Correct. Did you like downloading that three-hour podcast? No, I did not. No, and a lot of people don't. So I think what we're going to do this week, we're going to throw it out there. We may put out just the books part of the podcast as its own separate podcast entity called Just the Books. Or maybe I don't know, maybe... Just the books, ma'am. Maybe Bookum Eric. Whatever we call it. Uh, I might put it out there so that we'll have, if you don't like the nonsense and you've listened to all this part just to get to the books, you can skip the nonsense then, though we would rather you not because we hey, like the nonsense. That's if, why we do it. What if we called it Weird Out Loud? Yeah, if we call it Weird Out Loud, nobody will find it. Just like <laughs> why we don't call the regular thing Weird Out Loud. But we're going to put it out there, probably, like I said, probably. So Nobody if finds see, us now. If you see two podcasts out this week and you listen to the full out three hours, don't bother with it because it's just going to be the books. And it's going to come off very weird because this will probably be the beginning of that other podcast, too. And people are going to be like, what the hell are they talking about? But maybe I'll even do a little uh, t uh, different 3XL intro. But we're going to try that. We're going to throw out the books just to, on its own, see how that does. And then yeah, so what are you talking about? Your shirt size? I know. Fatty. Oh, yeah, when I keep eating. I had that uh, that <laughs> McDonald's bundle that you tackled a couple weeks ago. Me and, e me and my son Ethan had it. We split it. Yeah, we – oh, I didn't even tell you that, did I? No. Yeah, we had it. Uh, they, they took the McNuggets down from 20 to 10, and we got two free sodas. And I'm telling you, me and him still couldn't finish it. You had the 20-piece nugget bundle, and you just you took care of it in 30 minutes. That's because you and your son are wimps. I guess. We're quitters. Uh, let's get on with the books. Well, let's get on with the books, then. We have week two of Convergence, which I find, personally, I thought it was a little down this week. And it's very disappointing because I was really looking forward to Zero Hour Week. Yep. This was your big week you were looking forward to of all the weeks, I think. It, yes, it was. Yeah, and, uh, I think it was down. I had some problems with some. I, I like some books. You know, it's the same. You like some, you hate yeah. some. Uh, the facts of life. <laughs> uh, but let's start with Convergence number two. Well, before we do that, I just want to get into one thing. Okay. Um, the cities that we're dealing with this week are the pre-Zero Hour Metropolis, mm -hmm. San Diego, California for the Wildstorm characters. Mm -hmm. There were Elect tons of those. Electropolis. How and many Wildstorm characters really were there? A shit ton, apparently, because in, in the, what was it, Shadow of the Bat, I didn't even know who the fuck they were. Oh, yeah, that one. And, uh, 
the only one that I've really had in my books that I'm aware of was um, what's his name in Aquaman. Yeah, Deathblow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also we have Metropolis Kingdom Come Universe. Mm-hmm. That was big. So I'm saying this week we have four cities, and the last week we had five cities. Well, and before we go on, I want to say something that I told you at work the other day. Did you were you thrown off a little with the Kingdom Come? Uh, things only because I said I was because the art of Kingdom Come is such a big thing of that yeah. universe and those stories that not having that art style with those characters showing up it just seemed off to me they're like oh my god the Kingdom Come Wonder Woman and when she'd show up I'm expecting this look of uh, Alex Ross right right and when it's not though it wouldn't make sense no. because it's in a book <laughs> but seeing it in this other uh, it just it it Fell a little flat for me. I just imagine myself. I'm going to Seven Eleven. I run into a guy. Whoa, man, you're really detailed. <laughs> oh, look. Oh my God. But yeah, it, I don't know. I, it's that's just a little nitpick by me. But it did throw me off a couple times. I didn't have an issue with it. Yeah, you you don't have issues. You're no, I don't. You're a jerk. No, I'm jerks laid back, don't baby. have issues. That's what I mean. You don't care. You don't care about anything. This is it. Everybody likes to yell about? that I'm miserable. I'm passionate. Oh, are you? What have yes. you been telling me all week about work? Oh, I hate work. Oh, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you know what that is? That's passion. I don't care because I'm angry. Angry, I tell you. So you just tell me. No. You, you're, my not caring is anger and getting frustrated. You're not caring is like, eh, who cares? Unless all of a sudden freaking Dan Jurgens tells you the, the freaking definitive version of the uh, future of the DCU. Then you're. We turn off the mic. I can't even repeat the stuff you were saying. <laughs> if Dan Jer- Dan Jerkins right now has hair on the back of his neck standing up because you were. Oh my goodness. The, as long as he can the explain stuff himself. you said. As long as he can Nelly. explain himself. I don't uh, care. Hey, maybe he will. Maybe hey. you have. Maybe you should get off your ass and email him. Get an interview. We'll have him on the podcast next week. Is, is Dan Jerkins one of the people that hates us? No, I don't think he hates us. I don't think he cares about us. The, the people who hate us, we have a list now. I'm going to pull out the list now. Let me see here. Didn't you offend Dan Jurgens? Here's Oh, you know what? Here's the list. I'm going to get it out now, right now. Um, Brendan Fletcher and Cameron Stewart and Babs Tarr hate us because of Batgirl. I don't know if Babs Tarr hates us. Yeah, remember, she was with it, too. She joined in. Every bad thing that those two said about us, she favorited. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I I got the list here. You hear me? I'm shaking yeah, the list. you're fucking hurting my damn ears. Okay. Everybody else is listening. No, they, that's not that loud. Greg Rucka. He hates us. Yes. Greg Rucka. Oh, wait. At the bottom, Dan Jurgens. Wait a second. I offended him when I asked him about Booster Gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's on the list. So oh, should wow. I tell him I'm from deadmansparty.com? No, because then he'll think that you're a necrophiliac and not do anything <laughs> with you. The guy do not want any parts of it. Unless maybe I'll know where he's an Oingo Boingo fan. Oh, and that'd be then awesome. you're in. Huh, yeah. a little Dead Man's Party before the podcast tonight. You and, you and nobody else. Yeah, well. So what did you think it. of Convergence number two? Convergence number two, written by Jeff King with art by Carlo Pagularen, Jason Paz, John Starr and Peter Steigerwald. <laughs> what? Who? Who was that? Which one? All of them. I like oh. those pauses. It's like, especially the pause after Jason pause. Well, that's the thing. No, the thing is, my eyes just stopped working. I could not like, focus on what I was reading. Like this one's by uh, um, Jeff King. <laughs> Jeff King likes us, <laughs> right? 
Now, yeah, Jeff King, as far as I know, still likes us. Yeah, I've been given the convergence some shitty reviews. Yeah, I, I don't tweet those to him, so hopefully he's in the dark about your hate. I just imagine, though, now that you're talking about me with the pause, that I'm a stammerer and how bad that would be. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That'd it was terrible. I'm telling you, I'm going to jump back into another story that nobody gives a shit about. There was this kid in high school who had a really bad stammer. Uh, and, of course, in high school and maybe even middle school, you were very nice to him, right? Nobody made fun of him. Oh, I'm saying I just avoided the guy at all costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because he was, uh, he needed a persona, so he became a wigger out of nowhere. Remember the term wigger? I don't oh, think anybody I, uses that anymore. I remember, in fact, the other day I just saw the uh, the anthem, uh, Pretty Fly for a White Guy. We, My kids were watching that. Oh, video. really? Yeah, yeah, we were laughing. So this Sounds is horrible. This happened out of nowhere. and But I'm saying, this kid was a grade below me, but most of my friends were in my neighborhood, you know, okay, and around. yeah. Did he live uh, in the neighborhood? Yeah. Okay. Did he call it the hood all of a sudden? I don't. I didn't talk to the kid. Remember, I freaking avoided him at all costs. Okay. I didn't want to be mean to him, but I'm afraid if I he did like approach me, I would have back then. Now, if this story turns out that he became a wigger and all of a sudden his stammer left him when he rapped, almost like a uh, <laughs> like a Mel Tillis, uh, then I I'm in uh, the See, best I don't story ever. Ozzy Osbourne, where you can't understand what he's saying, but when he sings, damn, can he talk? Well, do you know who Mel Tillis is? I remember the name. He I can't had think. he had a stammer. He he was in uh, Cannonball Run. He was the guy who was hooked up with um, Terry Bradshaw. Oh, they were, right. They were like the hillbillies. So he's yeah. Like, I'm, 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 that tastes good. At oh, one no, point, I think they remember they went in the pool and they they come out of there sitting on the side of the pool <laughs> and they and melt. Yeah, but then once he sang, he sang like an angel. Oh. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I'll get back now. I, I want to get to convergence. I just want to finish this story real okay. quick. Like that, my buddy Fel Militia, uh, Fel Militia so I was talking oh, about Fel earlier. Malicious. Yeah, Felman. He, I remember him telling me this story where he had a class with him, and this guy stuttered really bad, and he'd always raise his hand to read from the book. Lovely. Well, you know what? Give the guy some credit. You know who else had a stammer? The other lawyer in My Cousin Vinny. Sure did. No, he was the best. The best part of that guy uh, is after he had all the stammering problems, he'd always walk back to the table as if he had just blown everyone's <laughs> minds. It's the best. That guy is so good at that. He's like, and then when uh, when um, Ralph Macchio's buddy then goes, you're fired. I want him. The guy looks at him like, oh, how could you do that? You just blew the case. <laughs> so good. But um, Feldman told me this story. It's always stuck with me for some reason because how much of an asshole Feldman is. Yeah. Where he's like he raises his hand to read and he go he starts going, woo, 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 I, and Feldman blew the fuck up. He stood up and said, I. Maybe your problem is you fucking started to pronounce I with W's. That was and then the teacher, I hope that wasn't made up. No, and then the teacher made him leave. Obviously, but this is how much of a Feldman wasn't uh, asshole that Feldman was in high school, and he still is today. Nice. Well. You want to hear some asshole story of mine? My buddy Brett. We'll get the convergence eventually. Again, <laughs> this was going to be the books part, and I this know. was going to be our mini podcast. I know. Um, my buddy Brett, who is a really nice guy. I, I can't stress how much uh, this guy's one of the nicest guys I ever met. Problem was, in high school, I found out later he was on steroids. Yes. Big dude. And this is the 80s, so I, who knows what steroids he was getting. I think, in fact, I think he told me he was getting them from Mexico. 
I don't know why that matters, but he was on steroids. <laughs> and there was a guy who uh, a couple of years before had gotten in a car accident. So this was a guy who was like a normal dude, but then <clears throat> he had some brain damage. And he, he was very angry. He had a stammer, but he also walked with a cane. <laughs> and um, at one, he would go around, and if you got anywhere near him, he'd threaten you. And his, his catchphrase was, I'm going to kick your ass, he'd say, while waving the cane at you. Well, finally, my buddy Brett had enough, and we were in shop class. He grabbed the cane out of this guy's hand and then used the bandsaw and sawed it in like eight pieces. Jesus. Now, Brett should have been kicked out of school, arrested. Uh, well, you know what? Nothing. He didn't get in trouble at all. And I, I'll just say it was probably 86 then, 1986. And you know what? You could be a dick then, I guess, and get away with it because he did that. Also, one of my buddies, Jamie, at one point got the starter pistol for the track team <laughs> and ran down the hall with a ski mask on shooting the starter pistol and yelling he's going to kill everybody. And everybody thought that was such a funny joke. It's awful. Over I, the times oh, you, you could get in, you could get away with anything. And if anybody really wants to see something funny, and you could dig up a Quakertown High School yearbook for the year <laughs> 1987, page through that one and find the best costume of the year for the Halloween parade that we'd always have, because that would have been my buddy Jamie again in blackface <laughs> as buckwheat. Awful, and yet I, I'm. This was a guy who was one of my best friends. He shows up in blackface. I'm like, Jamie, what the hell are you thinking? Then he wins the contest. <laughs> Convergence number two. You What's know, I won a Halloween contest by going to school in drag. Well, see, that's that's fine. That is classic. That's sure it. Is. I mean, you could be in uh, the new kids in the the uh, uh, kids in the hall. Yeah. You, any sort of English. Those English comedians, they love dressing up in drag. See, <laughs> there you are. You can be an English comedian. I don't want to. Convergence number two, huh? Yes. All right. And we're, we continue the story of Convergence, but for some reason we focus a lot, like Jasanga said, on the Earth Two Wonders. Yes. And yes. we begin this story with Dick Grayson narrating and telling us a revised version of what happened at the end of World's End, yeah. which would not be that big of a problem if we just wouldn't have had that ending two yeah. weeks ago. How I'd like to explain it is we've already seen one ending, and they yeah. didn't want to be redundant, so they completely changed it. This is the worst. I read this before you did yeah. and actually said to you, wait till you read this. You're going to be so angry. Were you angry? Only at the beginning. The comic yeah. turned into something pretty, you know, I'm not going to say really good. It was, it was pretty good by the end. But this whole re, like, uh, connecting to this World's End finale did not work at all for me. No. Because now it changed up the entire finale of shit that went, hap like, went down. And yeah, here Dick, Gray here Dick, Gray Dick Grayson fucked up his son's name again. 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 I, How is I really, this possible? I want to go back. I want us to take the time one of these days and go back and get every time he said the name, Tommy or Johnny. Yeah. And go down and just I have them did. all on one whole page because he goes back and forth. What do you like to call him now? Well, that's the thing. Let's just fucking call him Tommy John. Tommy John. Tommy John. <laughs> it's now Tommy John to me. And whenever I see it written now, I go, Tommy John. Yep, because he's called him Johnny, and now he's back to Tommy. And every time I read it now, because of I'm calling him Tommy John, I think yep. of Evil Dead 2. Yep, yep. With this freaking uh, this uh, hillbilly character named Jake and his girlfriend, Baba Sue. Who gets taken by the woods and he just starts yelling, Baba Sue! Baba Sue! Baba Sue! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and again, this, 
I'd like to write this off as that um, they didn't have. I I I can't. I'm trying to. Th- I, the only thing I could think of is that one or the other was not done when they wrote this, but the timing does not seem right. No. It would be different no, if World's End was still going, and then when we got to the end, it was, oh, my God, they must have changed it by then. But how does this happen? This, Convergence number 2, it should be the biggest DC book right now. This should yes. be, I don't care about these other books. This numbered Convergence title is their main title. There should be nothing that trumps this, nothing that should be different, whatever. This should be, they should have a million people checking this. And when they don't have the World's End ending right, to the point where it's ridiculously different. It's not anywhere close. Hey, Jim, you want to add insult to injury here? Yeah. Remember in the last issue when Dick was all upset that his wife died? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was like, oh, well, you know, you're not going to mention your son because he's still yeah, out there. Yeah, we said that. We, we thought yeah. that was bullcrap. Yeah, Yeah. okay, yeah. Your, your wife's dead. You, your son is out there in another universe now. But in this issue, we see that now his son is blew up in a ship with Big Barda, apparently. That, too. And, um... Uh, who's his wife? Barbara uh, Grayson? Yeah. Why is he that upset? She's dead. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right? Why is he... Why would he... Yes, he would last, be very upset. Uh, no. Last issue, he was almost acting as if, like, hey, I... She was already dead. The, yeah. the planet, the ending of him leaving, though, I didn't even think of this last week. When, he, when he's yelling... He, you know, Jay Garrick's like, oh, well, my mom... Well, his mom was still alive the last time he saw her. Yes. Obviously, Barbara's been dead for a while. Barbara's been I, dead for a couple of days. I, I, you think it's days? It seemed yeah. to me like it was more than that. It's still, it just, I don't, but. Look, you might not be a bit like a wreck if your wife dies, but Dick Grayson I'm is. saying, it's just, again, I'm going back to actually what gets me even more angry is that he was acting as if he was the only one who lost anybody and the whole freaking planet's gone. But still, like you said, he's yelling about his son. He didn't talk about his son. His son now appears to have died. Well, I, I think that's know. a red herring as well. Yeah, no I way they're going to kill off Big Barda like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She, he's going to be. They're going to show that Barda got him. You know, teleported off. It was a big deal though when Big Barda got herself inside Adam's Haven and boarded a ship, even though Dick Grayson and his kid were turned away because they didn't have VIP passes. Somehow, yeah. Big Barda just showing up and get and on a goddamn ship. Like, and at one point, she even like bad mouths the uh, the security police guard. officer, yeah. security guard, and like I'm more important. Oh, and uh, uh, what's his name's there, right? Uh, Wildcat. He's there in the original, not yeah. here. Yeah, in the original, he's there, and it just happens that Dick, to me, had the worst luck that he wanted to get his son, Tommy John, on, Tommy John. on one of the escape ships. And uh, she just happened to be the one that walked by, and he, that's his, yeah. I'm correct, right? And he's like, ma'am, ma'am, please. And she's like, oh. and like almost like she turned around, they're like, oh, no, not. And then uh, Tommy John went Tommy with John. Barda, and then Dick was like conflicted and said to Wildcat, Tell me I did the right thing, and Wildcat never did. And uh, <laughs> that made us laugh a couple weeks ago, and that's the problem. Big, like you said, it's a couple weeks ago. It's not even Big Barda. Also, the Fury War is with her. Yeah, yeah, it's a bad thing. Well, also, uh, just to get into anger, and uh, Dick has a plan this week, and he's like, okay, listen, Tommy John. Your Tommy mo- John. Your mom, for some reason, because she's a police officer, she's allowed off. And, you know, they'll say... Um, that the necessary people 
need to get off first. So it wasn't even the thing that she was a woman now. It was that she was a police officer. Well, back, back on the uh, in World's End, it was a ship that was only taking women and children. Yeah, it was women and children. But That's now why it, Dick couldn't get on. Yeah, now it turns into, like, necessary people. They're, they're probably letting teachers and podcasters. All right. And, uh, and Stephen Copper with his reviews on YouTube. They're letting those people in. So Dick has this plan. Hey, listen, Tommy John. We're going to get on. Your mom, had, your mom had this clearance pass. She can get in. So what we'll do is we'll flash this pass, and we'll get in. Me and you will sit down together. Just shut your freaking mouth. It's like when I would go to the movies, and my kids are 13, but I can get them in cheaper at 10. I'm like, listen, guys, <laughs> pretend you're 10. If anybody says anything, you're, you're 10. And then they'll go, okay, Dad, you are teaching me how to be a good, good man. So they get to the part where the security guard is, and they're like, oh, here, oh, oh, that was my wife's pet. What is he doing? He had this plan. They're, they don't have time to check things. Yes, they might see Barbara, but I'm telling you, he has a pass. They're letting him in. Nope. He, he opens his mouth. He blabs. My wife's dead. Yeah, he goes, and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Get back of the line. Uh, what are you doing, Dick? This was the plan. You came up with the plan. What are you doing? You know, you're telling that story about what you do with your kids. It reminds me <laughs> when uh, my father took me to see Terminator 2 when it came out. Yeah. I had really bad poison eye time. I had it every year. I'm terribly allergic to poison eye. Yeah. And he wanted to sneak some freaking wine coolers into the goddamn movie theater. That's a classy so, move. So he loaded them full of one of his wife's one of his wife's purses. And he's like, Here, Eric, hold this purse. If anybody <laughs> asks, it's your poison ivy medicine. And that my that gym is the first time I got drunk because I just thought it was you know good tasting juice. Yeah. And, and next thing I, he knew, all the freaking coolers were gone. The coolers were gone. Was that the Jesus juice? Did he call it then? No, no, we we did not call it that. <laughs> That's an awful. Well, both of us are awful people. Why? Well, I was a little kid. Yeah, I know. I'm saying, but you you're awful anyway. I'm just throwing you in with me. Fair I am awful. I, I, again, if I went to a buffet tomorrow. And uh, my son Ethan, who's right over here, he's now, how old are you? Five. 14. <laughs> he's 14. Nah, he's 10. Well, it's like when you went to that big church barbecue thing, and all they asked you to do was fill out a form, like, for your email. Yeah, So yeah. they get a hold of you. And you gave them my name and email. That's right. I don't want any of their unnecessary religious freaking emails. Who wants sure, that? Sure. Who wants Not that? Not me. Not you. me. You didn't get any, though. I was no, pissed I off. Not. Oh, back to back to this. Uh, yeah, you get a really odd beginning. That's a non non rehash of what happened two weeks ago or three weeks ago. It's a completely different story, and it annoyed me. But it did get better, as you said. It did. And then our after the like you know the recap, our heroes decided to break loose of their liquid metal shackles and beat Telos about the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny that they're, he's not paying attention. I think I can get loose. And the thing wise. is, Valzad was like, all right, I can get loose. And then he's like, everybody else, free yourself. I'm like, I'm not fucking Superman. What yeah, do you want really. me to do here? Yeah. But yeah. everybody gets free. Yep, they get free. And then Alan Scott uh, does something that actually had me annoyed, but you seem to like it, right? No, I, I'm torn, really. Okay, yeah, I didn't like it at all. See, uh, I have a problem because, you know, Alan Scott derives his power from the green, like yep. Swamp Thing does. This yep. is the living, like, you know, the fire, the living fire of the earth mm -hmm. that he connects to, that he's able to draw his energy from. This world does not have a green, but somehow he still connects to the heart of the planet. And he becomes like a pseudo Black Lantern, of the, like, you know, like his style Black Lantern, because he's not like a regular Green Lantern. Mm -hmm. And he uses that power that's poisoning him to blast Telos 
in the face again. You know, it's like he's just shooting shit at people's faces. Yep. You know how we like to do with that. Yes, we do. <laughs> I don't understand how it works. It, then it just makes Alan Scott, you know, I'm useless the rest of the issue. Again, oh, what is this? This is the uh, Earth 2 Green Lantern version of the solar flare. Pretty you much. use it once, it gets the job done, but now you can't do anything. because Obviously, if you could do this all the time, he'd win the battle right now over. Convergence yeah. over. So you can't have that. But Telos gets annoyed, apparently. He's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm out. And just leaves. Well, what I, what I liked about this is that in any of the other titles we see that there is no green, right? There's no plant life or possible ferns. Or, I saw some, I you saw see it shit. all over the place. That's yeah. what gets me angry. I don't know. I don't. I die. I don't know. I don't understand. I, I really don't. You see some uh, cactus out there, cacti, uh, in the back row last week right there. That That's enough. He only needs something a little bit, and yet they don't have it, so he has to tap into the planet, which happens to be Telos. Yeah, and once he was tapped in, he realized something, which I still fully understand, that there's a fear there that Telos doesn't want you to know about. Well, he he's said afraid that, of something. He's afraid of something that's below the surface, they say. And one city. Yeah, so I, I'm guessing that, you know, there's some crazy thing below the planet's surface that we're going to find out that that's where it's going to end up with these Earth 2 heroes because I, I don't think there's going to be much of a crossover with these guys and any of the other, like, solo books. So I think they're going to be by themselves a lot and they're going to go underneath. I think that this is actually a ploy to get them away from the battles that are going on because if they're in this Convergence main title... Uh, you would think that they'd be running into all these heroes running around and doing nonsense and fighting each other, and I think this is a way to get them out of that fray so that they don't have to explain it in the individual books as well. Right. So they'll be uh, under the surface doing their stuff. There'll probably be some crazy you know, world-building engines or something that they're going to go and have to deal with. Who knows? Uh, this issue, I, I didn't mind it so much, but it did anger me a lot in certain points like that uh then um then what happens then they all go off to try to find this lost city where you know they're trying to find that fear thing that Kellis is all yeah. worried about but you know you're missing a huge part of it is the batman oh yeah i haven't gotten oh, to okay. it yet they go that. off they split yeah. up batman yeah. and dick grayson go to the pre-flashpoint gotham where he wants to be reunited with his son but he really wants a favor so you have this really brief moment, it's really nice, between pre-Flashpoint Batman and Earth-2's Batman, father and son being, you know, reconnected, mm -hmm. and then they leave. I'm a little pissed off at that because Batman originally said, you know what, I'm going to go over here to see if I can get some reinforcements. There should be some heroes over here. Yeah. He goes, talks to his son, gets the keys to the Batmobile, gets a freaking suit for uh, Dick Grayson, and now we're going to go back without any reinforcements. Yeah. The, the reinforcements are Dick now has a suit. Yeah. And then our other heroes go to the city. It's all destroyed as shit. And instead of finding the sphere thing, they find the sorcerer Deimos, who's like, you know what? You saved me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get you guys off world. Yep. Correct. Good old Deimos. You know much about Deimos? No, I do not. Now I was looking up some stuff. Uh, it's weird because Deimos has some, uh, some odd, um, odd power set because you never know what you got. Uh, I looked. He's uh, from uh, Skrtaris. Yes. And at one point, he <laughs> used Atlantean tech. Yep. At another point, he was immortal. He was able to summon demons and dragons. And then at another part, he didn't have any of that again and, and was nothing. 
Uh, it all depends on which Deimos we're talking about because I guess he was resurrected a couple of times. He was killed and resurrected a couple of times. So depending on when this Deimos is from, he might be like a huge, powerful person. He might use Atlantean tech or he might be nothing. This is going to sound like the freaking DC Comics after June because, you know, story trumps continuity. Story does trump continuity. But, yeah, I, nonsense. the Deimos is, you know, he was pretty cool. It was a weird thing, though. Again, here is a guy who not many people, I don't think many people are aware of him, and that's like the cliffhanger. Oh, like, yeah, oh my people, God, Deimos. People know all about Electropolis. Yeah, Electropolis, yeah. We're going to get a lot of Electropolis coming up. But no, I gave this a 6.5 out of 10 because while I was angry at the beginning with all this World's End nonsense, the book did get better. You know, I, the story's progressing. It's moving us forward. The art was solid. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, you know, I would have probably given it a 5. I like the art. I just, there were too many things. I, again, starting off with that crazy beginning that was so much different from what we'd already seen, is should, that, that's a killer. Yeah. But yeah, I, I did like the things. I know that some people online were... Uh, mentioning some other reviewers that we won't mention we're mentioning how this was so great because it was uh it was the flashpoint uh meeting that they always wanted between bruce and thomas wayne and it was no it's like what are you guys talking about Freaking people amateurs <laughs> johnny come ladies. amateurs who don't talk about blackface and freaking stutters all right, the next book is Convergence Suicide Squad number one, written by Frank Thierry and art by Tom Mandrake. I love Frank Thierry. I know you do. You've told me that a couple times. <laughs> Maybe even tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he told us a while back that this is an Amanda Waller story through and through. And uh -huh. I think I can guess that you think it was. Yes. Yes, yes I do. Well, it starts off with Amanda Waller bleeding out. As Kingdom Come, Alan Scott laughs at her, and some unknown killer holds the gun, the smoking gun, as they say. Uh, you have any ideas who that might be? No, I don't at this point. I like. I think it might be Lex Luthor, the Kingdom Come Lex Luthor. Um, again, I think I saw a lot of people mentioning that it was Deadshot. I don't think it's Deadshot at all. I think that's too obvious. Uh, but that's kind of the out-of-sequence start, Amanda Waller bleeding out. And how we're going to get to there starts with the dome being up. And life in the dome is bad for some, but good for others. And you know who it's good for in this issue? Who's that? Deadshot and Captain Boomerang, because they are big shots. Oh, yeah? They're big shot mercenaries. The cream of the crop? They're the cream of the crop. And you know who they are talking to in a restaurant? Toy Man. Toy Man. You know what? Toy Man doesn't have powers. I know. But somehow he needs... Deadshot and Captain Boomerang to take care of all the supermen in the city. Yeah. Why wouldn't he hire mercenaries to do that? Actually, I guess I guess the, they're very positive, the, the villains. A lot yeah. of these heroes and everybody else seem very depressed. They think that this dome's going to last forever. The villains seem to not think that, and they want to get rid of these superheroes before it goes down. Makes sense to me. I guess. So he's p paying them a million dollars. To uh, kill all the supermen. There's so many of them. We, we might even argue about how many of them there are. I, I just don't... want to go in and say how you <laughs> fucked up and have to redo the whole goddamn Yes, bit. we have to redo this whole thing because I messed up. But uh, it, it did, I'll even say it again. We argued about it the last time we recorded this. And I, don't, right. I just didn't like the whole idea of, of there being all these supermen that he's calling out. But I guess he's talking about 
the super family. And you don't even have Superman here, so. That's what I mean. But I'm saying, you, he, they don't know that. You have Superboy, Steel, and Supergirl. I know, but he, he legitimately says, at first, he just wants to take out Superman. Yeah, he does. But is Superman there? I don't believe so. Yeah, so that's, that's I, what's odd. And they should know that in this time frame. I, I just, I think it came off as a little odd. Uh, what is an odd is that it seems like everybody under the dome really wants to get their hands on orange soda. Do you remember that part? <laughs> the orange soda is so much money. But uh, say, Hold on, hold on. You're saying how they should know that Superman's not there, but before you were telling me how they should know that Super, they shouldn't know that Superman no, is there. No, I don't there. think they should know that either. Uh, but they should said, know that Superman's not he there. He says, yes, I like the sound of it. I like what you're saying. Uh, I want you to find Superman and kill him. Yes. And I saw a tall order, considering there's more than one now. Yeah. Yeah, Superman. Because it's, right it's right after the reign of the Superman know, story it's arc. just, but not undoable. Tell you what, I'll give you the whole deal for a million, he says. So yeah. They're gonna, he's going to, he agrees. It doesn't matter, because it never happens anyway. But, uh... The, they're talking, and they're kind of making fun of Toy Man. They even call him Boy Toy at one point. That was funny. <laughs> but they're like, oh, you used to rub shoulders with, you know, you know, rub elbows with all these fancy villains. And, you know, look, there's Atomic Skull over there. What's he got now? Look over. It's just a normal guy. And they're like, that's Atomic Skull? It's like, yeah, he doesn't have his powers, obviously. So he's just a normal guy. So they're talking. They show him. They flash the money. And uh, the best is, in this whole thing... Captain Boomerang looks like such. I don't. He looks like Paul Schaefer, uh, you know, from uh, Letterman. But yeah. they they show the money, and he is so happy to see that money. But then the dome goes down. You get tell us the speech. All this stuff's happening now. What I like about this, there's a couple things I like about it. I like when Atomic Skull gets his power back, and he's like, "Oh man, they're back!" And he's like, "Big ass, you know, kick ass guy." Look when, at me. Yeah. Well, then Deadshot just boom. Shoots Toy Man's head right off and basically says, well, I had to kill somebody. It's you now. Now I get my million. They take the million and go off. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to get a lot of time to spend this money. Because what we get then is Amanda Waller and Barbara Gordon, as Oracle, are watching Telus as well, gets a call from General Lane. Suicide Squad's back on, right? Yeah. So Deadshot, I don't think, gets any time to spend. Or Boomerang. They don't get any time. They're back on the Suicide Squad. I'd like to see how they got them then. Uh, it seemed a little odd that all of a sudden they got him, but they did. Well, they're going to fight Kingdom Come. They realize they're going to fight the heroes from Kingdom Come. Now, out of all the things we argued about before, I'll ask you one thing that did bother me about this issue. How do they get this video of all the Kingdom Come people? He, right. they, they show a video of them. Where do right. they get this video? They shouldn't know this. There shouldn't be a video. It maybe just went down. A, I say Maybe they sent a probe out. But it... The, it looks like they just went down, I guess. But it's, I'm telling you, this is like a, here they are, and it's like this montage of all Kingdom Come villains, or heroes, villains, whatever you would call them then. Uh, it just seemed odd that they would have that. But their main goal is to stop Alan Scott, who has formed New Oa. And he's done this by ingesting his power ring, or ingesting his lantern to be his own power source. Absorbing. Yeah, I, that again seemed a little you know, shoehorned into me, but you have to do something so that he doesn't run out of power because he's got a whole freaking New Oa city up there, which I know you told me earlier that that bothered you a little anyway, the New Oa. Yeah, because Alan Scott, you know, he's, his power does not derive from the Green Lantern energy like yeah, everyone else. Yeah, so, but they go, and I, I did like 
Um, I love seeing Amanda Waller, but I also like uh, Oracle because she's behind the scenes. She's doing all this crazy stuff. She set up some tech, you know, when other people were doing stuff. She actually set up tech that if the dome goes down and there's other cities out there, they could contact her which I thought was a, a pretty cool idea only because most of the people in these books don't even realize that they're not on Earth still. Most right. just have no idea. She's gone to the lengths of uh, figuring out that at least. I don't know how, but she's figured it out and made this tech that makes it so that she can contact or get contacted. But uh, while Amanda Waller's setting up this Suicide Squad, in comes Carol Ferris. She wants to be in too. And like you said uh, to me earlier, uh, Carol Ferris at this stage was kind of uh, the Star Sapphire part of her was kind of like a uh, like a split personality, correct? Yeah. And but she ass- she assures them that hey, I c- I can take control of this. I don't think that that's going to be true. Maybe she's the one who shoots him I, or shoots Amanda Waller. I don't know. In fact, do you get the idea that that shooting Amanda Waller is like a red herring that she has set up to fool Alan Scott? No, 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 I don't. You think she's actually dead? That's the thing. I, I too. like your, th- I like your theory that it's Lex Luthor. Okay, well, it's funny too because really, if she dies, what does it matter? These these things are all matters out. to me. Yeah, it does. Matters well, to me. They go and uh, the one thing somebody on Tumblr called out when I put this review out, and they saw the squad, or I mentioned the squad on Tumblr, that this isn't a squad; it's a goddamn army. Well, damn right it you is. know what? It is. They're going to need one. They're going against the Kingdom Come Heroes. So this isn't just going to be the four member, five member Suicide Squad. This is a, a wrecking crew. Damn and right. what they have is this is the whole team now. They get Bane, Blackman, and Deathstroke are kind of these other. You know, they have them there. Like, hey, look, we got these guys. They're going to be involved. Then they go up and hey, we have your normal squad here: Count Vertigo, Deadshot, Poison Ivy, Boomerang. And then they go, and you know who else they have? Your favorite, Cyborg Superman. I love Cyborg Superman. Old Hank. Hank's there. And what I think is very interesting of this is Cyborg Superman had a lot to do with, uh, you know, destroying a lot of shit. Well, he blew up Coast City, which led to Parallax with Michael. Which which you would think Carol Ferris might have a little issue with. Yeah. Yeah, so they're on the team together. So that's awesome to me. But then Barbara Gordon comes and she, uh, or they, actually, I think they say to Waller, like, hey, you know, this is a pretty good team. Uh, where's Barbara? Oh, Barbara's recruiting the last member. And the book ends with her talking to Kingdom Come Lex Luthor, who says, hey, I know I'm not going to rule this world, so I'm going to watch it burn. Oosh. And that's how it ends. Lex Luthor's on the team as well. I think it's awesome. I think the team is, is really cool. Yeah, uh, right. I, I really did like this issue. Especially because Toy Man, he does not have powers. Yes, I know. <laughs> but I, I love Tom Mandrake's art. I thought it had a nice retro feel to it. I I really like the scene uh, where they showed the old squad, which I told you that somebody had pointed out that that was a, a, like an original cover from one of the old Suicide Squads. Couldn't find it. I was looking for it today, so I don't know that that's true. Um, but it should have been because it was cool, and it looked like an old-style cover right. there. Um, and again, I love the Suicide Squad because of the interaction between the members, the friction, and this is going to have it. You again, you have uh, Deadshot and uh, Deathstroke who hate each other all the time, and you have all these other guys. I think it's going to be cool. You have Carol Ferris, you have Cyborg Superman. That's going to be cool. Um, and I just like it. I just don't know how they're explaining that these villains really care. I mean, I guess it's survival. 
Do you know why? Because they have bombs in plenty. Yeah, in but really, the what I I don't think at this point that sort of thing. I don't. You know what I mean? It's it doesn't carry the weight to me when you're on an alien planet and forced to be in a death match. That these bombs in your head really. I, some of these guys, I think, well, would just be. Actually, I wish that one of these. I I don't know. Say Black Mana, just says the hell with you. Starts walking away and they blow his head up. I think that one of those, at least one, would be like, screw you. I, I don't give a shit about this. You well, know? it's either fight for your city or die anyway. I, I don't know, think any of these characters are going to die laying down. You know what I mean? I don't know that. I don't know that some would just give it a I shot do. and say the hell with it. But uh, I really like the issue, though. A 9 out of 10. I don't think that they're going to win. Again, actually, after the first round of books, the whole first month, right. we should talk about who we actually think is going to win. We got to make sure though that that's what's actually going to happen. Well, I, that's the problem. Is I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the Earth Two heroes are going to cause something underneath, and it won't happen. And then I'll be. Oh, Inferno's not going to win. I can tell well, you. Well, yeah, they're done. Uh, it's so odd thinking of that too. <laughs> they're just done. They were so awful uh, that they a, didn't we, even last this long. We had a brief glimpse in the Convergence number two issue of the Stanley's Just Imagine Universe that's getting their asses handed to yeah, them by the Brother true. Eye Future I, fucking people. I think Electropolis is in big trouble. Oh, yeah. Um, Kingdom Come's a good one to think, but I don't think that they'd have the uh, villains. And um, I don't know. Some of these just, I don't know. I, I have no idea, but we'll, we'll talk about that. After I was, was going to say that you saying Electropolis is going to be down would be a good segue to my next book. Oh, yeah. What is that book? Convergence Green Lantern Parallax number one oh, by Tony is. Bedard with Ron, Ron Wagner and Bill Reinhold and Paul Mounts. Yes. Yes. Now, let me paint you a picture here, baby. Okay, paint me. Broad strokes. We've got a pre-zero hour, Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner. This is the point in time when I first started reading Green Lanterns. I've said it all over the interwebs as much as I could. This is what got me into Green Lantern. He's my, fav- my favorite freaking uh, superhero. Oh, yeah. I would guess that going into this that you would want to give this issue a 20 out of 10. Not, 9.8. <laughs> These, uh, but, yeah, you would love to. This, <laughs> this, is, your, this is your book. Yeah. This is the book that when this event was was uh announced and they we got the solicits for the first month so we could pick the books that we were going to do yes and what we did was you you would take like okay which books do you net you have to have this was number one for you yes it was this was the book that you had to have so how was it uh, it was fun <laughs> that was like the meh meh that was like meh. a verbal meh 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 the problem is we go into this book, and we spend the majority of the beginning trying to catch the readers up with what's been going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, the whole how Jordan turning into Parallax, him going across, collecting the rings, absorbing the power battery, and then coming back to Earth as Parallax and try to go up against the Justice League. And yeah. then the dome comes down, and he's now Hal Jordan, and then puts himself in prison for the next year. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that this is that's, that's the problem. I, I wanna, I'm actually torn, really, because... At this point in the timeline, Hal Jordan was just simply a guy who lost everything and fought to get the power so he could remake things the way he thinks they're supposed to be. And he'll even fight his friends to do it because he believes this is right. Yeah. And then later on, we have the whole idea that he was possessed by Parallax, the fear entity, and that's the reason he was acting this way. Yeah. In this book, we have kind of both scenarios. Yeah, it's kind of like the worst of both worlds to me. 
Because he becomes Parallax, he does all these terrible things, and then when he has his power taken away, he's just mopey, sad sack, how Jordan, oh my god, I killed the Green Lantern Corps, lock me up. Yeah. And then when the dome comes down, he becomes Parallax and blows the shit out of the freaking police station and says, why have I been feeling guilty for a year? Uh, did you get the idea that he forced himself to be imprisoned because he felt guilty, or was he afraid that if the dome went down or he got his powers back all of a sudden that he didn't want Parallax to run amok. No, I got the idea that he wanted to pay for his crimes. Okay. It was weird because it's funny too because there's that uh, the police officer, the, the guard, the yeah. prison guard, and he's like, hey, that's not in our jurisdiction. It's almost, Kyle Rayner basically tells the guy, like, this guy was, uh, he killed everyone. Hey, that wasn't in our jurisdiction. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was a little odd the way they kind of made it a combo of things and but i didn't i didn't mind the mopey hal jordan that i, I like the idea of that and i like the idea but then when parallax it kind of seemed odd the way it should be for me in my mind is that how has all his power taken away and after all the thing like the people he sacrificed to get this power to do the what he believes to be the right thing yeah now it's taken away and it's all for naught yeah. That should be the problem, where yeah. he had the power to finally do it, and it was taken away from him again, like when Coast City was destroyed, and he tried to remake it with his power ring, yep. and the Guardian shut him down for misuse. Yeah, yeah. His, the, him getting, getting shit done keeps being taken away from him, and that's the way I expected the character to be. But in this, it's a split personality. The freaking yeah. dome comes down, the powers turn back on, and he's ready to fuck shit up. Yeah. And that's that's another problem I have with the book is that Kyle Rayner is my favorite Green Lantern because I started reading right at you know Emerald Twilight and Emerald Dawn where Kyle Rayner was introduced. Yep. And I started reading from that point on, and Kyle Rayner was my Green Lantern. And we don't get much Kyle Rayner here. The, no. the dome comes down, his ring comes back online, and he realizes, oh shit, if I'm back, you know, if I have my power back. Hal has his, and then boom, the police station goes up, yep. and he's trying to talk to him, says, Hal, you need to calm down, this is not you, and then he gets attacked by Princess Firm from Electropolis. Who's using what? Tanks. And also, in a little bit, she uses the green. Yes. She which uses is ridiculous. Her, I don't know, she uses some kind of, I don't know Princess Firm's power, so yeah, I, top I, my head. The only reason I say that is because, was it, Hal it was Hal who says yes. it, yeah. Maybe you know, Hal I, doesn't know either. Maybe he's exactly. just saying that. Again, we're going to find out big time next week. There's Swamp Thing. So we'll find out what happens. But I, I think that there is green on the planet. And I think that the whole thing is bullcrap. And the convergence is number two. So Kyle gets sucker punched because Princess Firm decides to go for do a preemptive yeah, strike yeah. against who she's supposed to fight, which is Kyle. Kyle, yep. And <laughs> I was going to say uh, Parallax, but I like to call him Hal, but he is Parallax at this point. Mm -hmm. um, he loses his shit. Yeah. He takes out Princess Fern, her fucking troops, and decides, you know what? That's not enough. For your fuck up here, I'm going to go back to this Electropolis and make all your people pay for what your stupid decision. Yep, yeah, he's going to go and he likes destroying cities. He's going to destroy everything. And say, that is the entire issue, though. Yep. We have the beginning where we just catch readers up, Dome comes down, Kyle gets sucker punched, and then Parallax destroys everything. Yeah, I love There's the last panel. Oh, I'm saying everything looks great. Yeah, I thought of, the there's art a lot of great. pages like that though, yeah. where it's just fucking how powering up. Yeah, but like you, like you said, Kyle seems to be more of like a, um, a story device. He's there yeah. to explain what happened to Hal before. Then he's like, he's there to kind of push the issue even more with the, I know you're in there, Hal. I know you can hear me. That whole thing. 
Yeah. Yeah, Which he does, so yeah, it, is, yeah. it comes off like it is the fear entity that is like if we're, we're bridging the gaps of continuity here, we're, we're saying that even though this was not relevant at this time, it still is going to take place in the future, so we're going to address that here. Because mm-hmm. he does reach Hal, Hal comes to his senses for a little bit before Princess Fern blasts Kyle, and then he loses his shit. Yes. But yeah, no, I'm yeah. saying, it, I, it was very nostalgic coming back to seeing uh, Hal in the parallax suit, which I love, but it was not much of a story. No. And that, that part bothered me a bit, but I still gave it a 7 out of 10 strictly for the fact that I love these characters and it was fun going back and seeing them in this light. Yeah, yeah. I again, uh, I could, I didn't really read any of the comics then, so I didn't have that you know, nostalgia for it. So I was going just what we got here. And again, what you were saying was um, they spent too much time catching people up. Even without reading those stories back in the day, I still know most of that story. Yeah. Um, and I would guess that most people, even with the New 52, get the idea or have heard about it. And I thought that even I thought that it was too much. And I thought that, like, you know, let's get on with it. Jeez, I, I want to see something. And I didn't like it too much. I probably, myself, I would have given it like a 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, I love the I, art though, but I'm telling you the story. Really, when I sat, when you sit down and think, nothing happened. He was in jail. He, he was mopey. He got out of jail. He decided to just kick some sh- crap, and uh, <laughs> you know, Princess Fern was there, and she caused some trouble. So he's going to go and destroy Electropolis. That's it. I know. Yeah, yeah. I would. I wouldn't have given it as good a score as you. I even said in my blurb, though, at the end, where I was saying, I'm giving this a slightly higher score because yeah. of, you know, the fun that I had going into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, without that fun, I'm, I'm a little lower. Uh, here's another book that we're doing. The next book, the guy tries to be fun. You know, he's a funny guy, and I'm talking about Convergence Supergirl Matrix Number 1, written by Keith Giffen, art by Thomas Green II which I'll talk to you about in a second. Uh, Joseph Silver and Colors by Hi-Fi. Um, why do you decide to go with the second and not junior? What, what is that? I don't know. I think it sounds a little bit better. Like, it sounds I the, fancy. It does sound fancy. I'm a third. I'm, I'm uh, James Alvin Werner III, and if anybody <laughs> sends email about my middle name, I'll, I'll get I heard it all. So, you know, bring it on. But, yeah, Timothy Green II. Alvin! Yeah, I know. That was the worst when people find out different things like that. The, the worst thing is when you're in like elementary school. That uh, how scared I was that somebody would find out my middle name, and then they did, and they all made fun of me. So <laughs> that's why I'm miserable. But guess what else this has to do with? What's Electropolis. Ah, oh, Electropolis. Because this story is Supergirl fighting Lady Quark and Lord Volt. From Electropolis, but before yes. that, the dome is up, and you have the Lex Luthor, who is the dashing, red-headed Lex Luthor. Right? I love this Lex Luthor. I do nice. too. Actually, I'll say right now, I love the art in this issue. Um, what I don't like is the Keith Giffen humor, and what you, it even it starts right away. You get these introductions and all this. He has to have his little clever like. You, you, that's what this. No, I can't even explain. It just it it I like his humor enough. I love Justice League 3000 and him and uh, James DeMatteis. You can tell that that's both of their humor and I like it in that book a lot. It just felt out of place 
in an event like this. And what you get at the beginning is Lex and Supergirl talking. And instead of really spelling it all out um, about how Supergirl was made by Lex in, in this story and that she was like this glob of, what would you call it, protoplasm? Well, she, well, she was made by a Lex from an alternate universe. Yeah, and but that's her. And he originally made her to be Lana and yes. all that. And I think that was this Lex. Because no, he was... says, I made you. Okay, well, he yeah. didn't. Okay, well, I'm almost positive that he says it like six times. Why did I make you like this? And what was I thinking? And so so this red-headed Lex is not the Lex who made her. No. Okay, because I, I swear that he said that I'm looking through now. But again, they he made her. She was Lana at one point. Now she's this. and So... What happens is the dome's up, you know, they're going through their thing. Lex is a uh, tech guy. He has a device that isn't working. The dome goes down and all of a sudden it works. Uh, again, it's everything is like this crazy humor and, and fun, supposedly. But what Lex ha- thinks right when the dome goes down is what he wants is he wants Supergirl to find a uh, teleporter he thinks that there must be a teleporter somewhere that can get him off the planet they got there somehow um i i want to get off so he gets this teleporter thingy uh i i forget what i called it in my uh, in my review the teleporter finder thingy gives it to her she flies off to find where this teleporter is it's going she runs into lord volt and uh, lady quark and they start fighting and when I say they start fighting, I mean Lady Cork and Lord Volt, who argue for panel after panel about how they don't like each other. How, Not at all. Uh, they seem to be pointing out that they both think each other are gay. No, they both are gay. Yeah, well, they go on. And it's funny, because I looked that up, too, and found nothing about that. I looked everything up about Lord Volt and Lady Cork, and nothing came up about them being any sort of homosexual. <laughs> yeah, they have a daughter, which they mention, and Supergirl sits down, and she that she can't get through her head that she thinks like, oh, a daughter. It's like she really has to think about that. Well, they're they're gonna fight eventually. Supergirl just punches Lord Volt, and there's a funny panel where you just see him falling, and then uses telekinesis to just fling Lady Quark across Metropolis. I only think they use that because they want to point out that she has a different skill set than. The regular Supergirl, Supergirl. Yeah. that's the only reason there was no real reason for it besides that no not uh, at all but she sends them off and i mentioned to you uh, uh during the week i had read this book and then i even showed you some panels there's some really odd layouts of panels and dialogue where i think things got a little screwy i feel i feel like there's a page missing and, in and here. something happened where either like you said a page is missing or dialogue got reversed because at one point it's like almost like i would hit you and you would say, is that all you got? And then in the next panel, you would say to me, back to me, yeah, that's all I got. She answers her, it's so weird. And it just seemed odd. It came off as something was wrong. Yeah. Something in the editing, something. And you read it again, right? I'll say, I read it earlier today because, yep. and, I'm, and I started, I'm thinking to myself, this isn't as bad as Jim. Because no, no, like, yeah, yeah. like this actually had a nostalgic feel for me as well because it brought me back to the death of Superman where we had okay. these characters. And I'm reading, and by the end, I had no idea what was going oh, on because it, it so seemed like there was a page of a thing. Some panels were, like, misplaced. Yep. There's that one part, like I said, it's like uh, 
I forget it was Supergirl Lady Quark says to the one of the others like is that all you got and then the person said the same person who said that says then the next panel like you think that's all I got and it just it, it was it, I don't know what was going on uh, <clears throat> again then you get so, and, uh, I know what it was remember when uh, Supergirl like all of a sudden she gets hit into a building I don't know what happened yeah. And then she gets up and there oh hilarious. There's ambush bug. Oh, I better start laughing now because ambush bugs involved and again it, it came off as silly uh to the point of being stupid to me. I really this issue I'm getting angry now. It what? angered me. This issue got me so angry. All right, here. I got I got this bit here. Supergirl <laughs> punches Lord Vault okay. and he just drops. Yeah, he drops. That's like, funny. And she goes to Lady Quark still want to do this and then she's just sitting there th- and then she's like i said still want to i was like i'm thinking and then an explosion happens which awesome. i can only guess is lord volt hitting a building possibly Maybe. i i thought that it was supergirl. and then supergirl looks shocked yelling great just great you broke it yeah and, and, and that uh, that again was the teleporter thingy and that, but that, nothing, nothing touched that. And then uh, I was like, now I'm going to have to listen to another one of Lex's "Why You're a Protoplasmic Mass of Disappointment" lectures. And then Lady Quark says, "Yes, yes, I do." <laughs> <laughs> and the Supergirl says to her, "Hello, hello, you just gave it your best shot, and I'm still here." Yeah. And Lady Quark says, "Fine, <laughs> you want to fight? You've got one." And then Lady Quark says, "After that." I'll make it quick. I owe you for freeing me from a lifetime of... And then Supergirl interrupts. Who said it was my best shot? <laughs> and again, she says, who said it was my best shot? Earlier, when you said that, hello, you just gave it your best shot and I'm still here, was from Supergirl. And then yeah. she says, who said it was my best shot? That make, are, they, are they insane? Are they flying above this? Like a, a year under a dome has, has made both of these women batshit crazy because <laughs> none of this makes sense. It makes no sense at all. There, I think that they got panels and threw them up in the air and and just where they went, I don't know. And I'm looking. Yeah, I see. I think you're. I don't know. I'm looking. I think you might be right that Lord Vault hitting the building possibly. But, it doesn't really make sense. No, because the then all of a sudden, oh, great, you broke it. And then, yeah, still want to do this. I said still want to. I'm thinking, okay, I follow that. But then, yeah, great, you just broke it. What? I know it's the teleporter thing. She's looking at it, but how? How? When? And, and, then, this... and then she thinks it's broken, oh. so she throws it away. Yeah, how about this? You're looking at it right now? Yeah. Go back a couple panels when she says still want to do this. You see that? Yeah. Where's the teleporter thing? <laughs> she doesn't have it anymore. She, it's not even in her hands. Nope. Nope. And then all of a sudden she has it in her hand. Great, you broke it. Now I'm going to have to list. That's great. Now, <laughs> yes, I do. Hello, <laughs> I just gave it your best shot. Fine, you want to fight? You got one. I don't understand. These people make no sense. No. Then I That's like it. it. She's like, you have no idea. I may call myself Supergirl, but I'm not Kryptonian. That means my power set doesn't match up with Superman's. Telekinesis, for example, boom, sends her away. And then she complains. She's like, I know Lex is going to tell me. You had her at your mercy. Just take her down. Why do you have to make a major production of anything? Uh, it's so bad. I know. I, I, then, she, then the best then. She has her teleporter thing, and it comes back to life. She goes, you're alive. And now that works. I, I don't, And then, oh, my goodness. 
now I'm getting I'm getting angry again because I'm looking at it. She's so worried about this thing, and then oh god. Well, I'm saying the biggest problem I have after all this awfulness with the dialogue and trying to figure out where the hell the panels are supposed to be. Yeah. She's tired of hearing Lex, who can now communicate through this device. I know. Pattern, I'm looking at it now. And she throws it away. And as she throws it away, she realizes it starts beeping. Oh my god, it's working. Yep. She she tries to fly down to catch it. And then she what happens to it? A gigantic fucking explosion. Yeah. Actually, I didn't even realize because I'm looking at it now. It didn't even. I had no idea what happened. It looked like, it looked like it had come apart somehow. But yes, it was an explosion. Because then all of a sudden, it looks like she gets caught up in a vortex and slammed into a building. Jesus, I, what are you doing? That's my son. Knocked <laughs> over something. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happens in this. It's. You were having a tantrum over it. No, I, I don't. She's like, no, 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 no. And he's still yelling at her legs through the thing. And then uh, and then all of a sudden, Ambush Bug shows up. And Ambush yeah. Bug has a stuffed animal. He's got all these patches from all the cities, which I said to you earlier that that kind of that made me laugh a little. It was kind of neat that, yes, he might be the one who knows all about every city. But again, in a joke book like this, I, I really don't care. No. And I, again, even his even his uh, dialogue just is not... Oh, yeah, it doesn't make any it sense. It makes no sense. I, I, and then he's like, uh, really? I mean, of course that is. Uh, why do you smell like spackle? We should talk. No, you know what you should do? Get in... I, I don't want to bash... You should never I don't talk wanna mash again. The, yeah, I was going to bash the editing of the book, but I, I don't know. I don't know what happened from the in the process. I love the art, and I'll give Hi-Fi some big props for the colors, which I oh, thought yeah, were awesome. Uh, I gave this issue a 4 out of 10. I, I couldn't take it. I'm telling you, I wish I would have given it a 2, really. I should go back and retroactively uh, make it a 2 because I, I did not like it. And the more I talk about it and look at it, it just drives me nuts. I know. It sounds like you're about to have a seizure. Yeah, well, I like the next book. Oh, so did I. Convergence Superboy number one, written by Fabian Nasizia, art by Carl Malone and Jose Marsden Jr. with Hi-Fi on colors. Hi-Fi again. Uh, do you know how to spell Fabian Nasizia? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, there was a weird thing on our site uh, the other day. Was it yesterday that he put it? It was that last up? night. Last night, yeah. Uh, I guess Reggie, if Reggie hasn't seen it, because I, he didn't really reply to Reggie, he just put it, but Reggie had spelt Nasizia on our site in the comments and he really did butcher that spelling oh yes and fabian Worse than i butchered this, uh, how you say it yeah fabian necessa called him out on it which was kind of funny you know what yeah. else he didn't do he never favorited or retweeted your review though so but no, he was no, on the no. site reading it but maybe he just was mad about maybe he thought somehow that was you maybe I don't know. You were all paranoid that. Oh my god! I went through my entire review saying if I spelled his name. It was funny because you said to me I was actually out and about, and I got a message from you that, "Hey, did you uh, re? Did you edit Fabian Nasez's name?" And I thought maybe you had realized that you had spelled it wrong and were just asking me, like thanking me. I had no idea until hours later when I got home what you were talking about, and I started laughing. (laughs) It was pretty funny. Well, how about the issue? How about the issue? Yeah. Now, this is I'm, your Metropolis kid, right? I'm just going to suck off the creators yeah. here because I love this book so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fabian was able to do what, like, not a lot of other writers were able to do in this Convergence event. He told a complete story just from the get go. Yeah, yeah. 
We had we know what Superboy was up to before the dome, during the year of the dome, and then after he got his powers back. And not only that, we got some insight on the Kingdom Come characters once Double X got his powers back. Yeah. It was I, awesome. I, I like tell it. You, you know what else you get? You get a description of how the dome works with night and day and the weather. Uh, I really like that. No other thing said that. I had no idea there was night or day. It was just, how would you know that? They're under a dome. There's no sun or stars or anything no. like that. They He mentions it that they're, you know the dome is, gives us night and day and weather patterns that are fake. And it's kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of sad, actually. I don't even remember them saying that. Oh, yeah, book. yeah. I thought I was in Green Arrow. No, I think it was in this one. I thought it was. I, I'm off tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think that that... No, it, it is. It says that. Okay. But, uh, yep. But, okay. no, I dig this book because for the last 10 months, um, Cadmus Labs has been trying to give Superboy back his powers. They've been trying to reactivate him by, like, blasting him with solar radiation. Okay. But he is so pissed off because he just wants to claim the right to be Superman, and he can't because he seems like... Superman, so far as I know, has not been in this metropolis all during, like, he was not under the dome when shit got started. So he just wants to take the mantle of Superman and become what, the, what he's supposed to be. And then Dome Day comes, he loses his powers, and he cannot get him back. He does not know who he's supposed to be under this dome. And once they come back, he just fucking undresses, like, pulls out the freaking Superboy costume, and starts flying around so everybody can see him. Mm-hmm. You just don't sound interested at all. Uh, I'm not a big Metropolis Kid fan. I'm saying that's why I love the Metropolis. Yeah, kid. no, I, use I, that term no more. I, I think that. I really, en I did enjoy when the powers came back. I thought that you know he was, he might have been the most excited. Yeah, I, I was so happy though because he got the arrogance back because he was like a sad sack walking through town before that, and then he thought he spotted Wally West, and so he chases this thing that's a speedster. Over to Hell's Gate Island, which was cut in half when the dome came down. It's been abandoned. And it's all a ruse, though, that the Kingdom Come Superman said you need to take him away from the populace. And Red Robin and uh, Flash start beating the shit out of him mm -hmm. until he starts getting like, you know what? Fuck this. I got my TK powers. Bam. Y'all done. Yep. Because that's how Superboy does it. That's how he does it. Uh, you know what I did? I'm looking. You know what I didn't like in this? What's that? Who would buy a Metrodome? Remember that part where he's walking and the guy's selling the uh, Metropolis like oh, snow the globes? Snow globes. Yeah, who would, yeah. Who would buy those? I don't know. Who would buy 9-11 cookies? No, but you wouldn't buy 9-11 if 9-11 was still happening around you. They're, they're buying a Metrodome when they're stuck in a dome. Man, life goes on in the dome, brother. Uh, yeah, but why? You're there. Yeah. There's no reason. And these things aren't cheap. Two for $10, a large one for 20 bucks. If you explain to me that there's not much else to buy, use money for, then I'll go with you. But I thought that was ridiculous. When was the last time you bought a snow globe? I'd never bought a snow globe. Shit ain't cheap, Ever. Man. No, Shit I'm just cheap. saying, though, that would be like, you know, I'm... Uh, I don't know. I can't. I'm. I'm going down on the Titanic as somebody selling me shirts about like, hey, my family got, got killed on the Titanic, and all I got was this lousy shirt. It's nothing like that. Yes, they're just is. under the dome. Yeah, they've but been there the for dome. a year. Life goes on, and that's what they're going to buy. You're going to be in the dome. People like tchotchkes, man. The worst thing that ever happened to you, and you're going to buy <laughs> a Metrodome. Hey, man, it's not the worst thing for everybody. And he, hey, dome, sweet dome, kid. That's yeah, don't sweet dome. Freaking ridiculous.
Hey, you gotta laugh about things so you don't cry, brother. I guess. I I just thought it was ridiculous. But yeah. I, what do you want everybody to do? Be huddled in their homes? Know. Well, again, when the dome goes down, I guess that guy's out of luck. His business is over now. Superboy's happy though. Yeah, I, I don't think he sold one of those, but Superboy's happy. Yeah, well, after Superboy takes down Flash and Red Robin, then yeah. he meets Superman from our Kingdom Come, and he tells Superboy, "Listen to me. You need to take a dive here, and we can save two Metropolises. If if it was up to me, I would do it immediately. If you're any kind of Superman like you think you are, you got to do this." And the freaking book just ends with Superboy smiling. I'll show you how much of a Superman I am. Yeah, because that's what Superboy would do. Was it? Did Dick uh, Dick Grayson and Kingdom Come? Did he go by Red Robin? Yes. Okay, so he was Red Robin in, in Kingdom Come. Yes. Dick Grayson. I I I don't know much about Kingdom Come. He has kind of that Red Robin costume with a Midnighter type uh, cow. It looked like to me. That's what Red Robin has. Yeah. It just it I again and they even they mentioned Nightwing in it, which you said is a bit off. Yeah. But that's what they do. Yeah, I liked it. I, I liked it enough. There was like I said, that snow globe thing I hate it, but yeah, that's the nitpick. But man, when Superman shows up, he's badass too. I love the art, I love the story. I'm telling you, it's a complete story all the way through, just one issue. And I can't wait to see what Fabian brings us for the second one because yeah. it's going to be badass. Yeah, it'll be weird to see like which ones like now, uh, like the Parallax Green Lantern Parallax is probably down on your list now, and Superboy's way up. And oh yeah, yeah, there's a couple like that with me. But uh, you know what was big on my list this week? What's that? Archie versus Predator. <laughs> and you know that that isn't DC, is it? Not at all. You know what that means? What's that, mean? that means it's time for Ryan Clark's other side, and I believe, the other side. yeah, the other side. He said that he's going to do Archie versus Predator, which I did read, and it was awesome. Yeah, and I got to read that stuff. It's awesome, and I'm telling you, if uh, Ryan doesn't mention it, which I know he will, it's awesome because it's throwing through an Archie book with Predator, <laughs> and it's so good. They didn't try to make it any different. It is a legitimate Archie, and the gang uh, are on vacation. And then the Predator shows up. You know what that means. He showed up with a weekend to kill. That's right. All right. Well, here's Ryan Clark with the other side. Hello and welcome to another weekly installment of The Other Side, your non-DC Comics review segment on the all-DC Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I am, as always, your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark, and this week I am talking to you about the first issue of Dark Horse Comics' Archie vs. Predator. Uh, this book is written by Alex DeCampi, who's done a lot of the Grindhouse stories with Dark Horse um, in the past and has a current series through them, uh, with art by Fernando Ruiz, Rich Kozlowski, and Jason Millett. Uh, I picked up the Eric Powell variant cover for this issue because it just stood out to me. Um, and in this issue, uh, the gang's all here for a most unlikely crossover yet. They've met the Punisher, they've met Kiss, and it was just announced this last week they're going to meet the Sharknado, which is going to be the best Tara Reed's probably looked since she dated Carson Daly. Ooh, ow, I think I pulled something reaching that far back for that reference, so I'm going to take it a little easier here. Um, and in this story, uh, Archie and the gang win a group spring vacation getaway 
and they go to this island resort and, of course, through no means of their own, run afoul of a predator who's on a resort island. I mean, it that's really all the explanation you need. That's That's what happens. They're being hunted by the predator. It's a fun, weird premise, and it just immediately jumped out of out at me of the list of new books coming out this week, so I thought I would bring it to you. Um, it's a really natural feeling story. It seems like the characters really are acting sort of in an in-canon Archie comic. Um, it sort of really is all thanks to the Afterlife with Archie dark zombie based series from Archie where at this point all bets are off anything can happen with the Archie characters and anything does like they meet a predator um it has all of the you know the things that you've you've seen from the Archie comics in the past with their sort of snobby private school foils who run a nice thread through this story um, Jughead being a bottomless pit for food and also the plot device for the spring break vacation. Betty and Veronica having their wonderful little jabs at one another, competing for Archie, and of course, poor oblivious Archie caught in the middle of it all. Um, you know, it just had a really fun moment where they're having a best-dressed competition among the girls to compete for who would be best dressed in the yearbook, which is a fun, campy, very lightweight story to kind of have as the thread through their spring break vacation, um, which I thought was interesting, even though they're, you know, they're still having these normal high school teenage moments, even though they're being stalked and, you know, soon to be probably murdered in mass by the Predator. Um, this book is extremely well written. All the characters feel really natural. Uh, it's beautifully drawn. It really does look and feel like, you know, a classic Archie comic book. Um, I liked the, the variant cover for this because Eric Powell's more gritty, realistic-looking Predator... Um, kind of gives a little bit more credibility to the threat of being hunted by a punish or a predator that you don't really get in this because you can take characters like Kiss and make them softer, softer, or the Punisher and just make it a guy. But the Predator is a weird, you know, wet, fanged, bladed hunter alien, so he should look. A little more menacing and frightening in that he does. Um, on this cover, he's holding Jughead's severed head and standing on on a half-eaten cheeseburger. So it kind of has a little a little lightheartedness along with the grisly um, violence, which is kind of what you would expect from Archie versus the Predator. I had a lot of fun reading this book. I really have enjoyed all of the things Alex DeCampi has done. Uh, the Grindhouse books have really been fun. Uh, this series seems like it's going to just be nothing but a weird, wild ride that everyone can enjoy. Uh, unless you're one of Archie's pals, because then you're probably already dead.
Uh, overall, this was a great book. Anyone who has any interest in 80s sci-fi horror movies is going to love seeing the Predator in a new environment. Archie fans that are looking for something a little new and different will love it. And anybody who's just looking for a new, different, non-superhero comic book, uh, Dark Horse Comics Archie vs. Predator number 1 is definitely something worth checking out. As always, I am Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark. You can find me on Twitter at BDC Comics, on Tumblr, where I post my reviews, tumblr.brightestdaycare.com, and I have pages where I aggregate the reviews and other bits and pieces of information, like where I pulled the Archie Meets Sharknado reveal article um, for Facebook and Google+. Uh, you can find me on any of those places and suggest new, different books, other things for me to talk about. Uh, tell the guys at Weird Science that they should have me on to talk with them more. Maybe it won't go three hours for them talking back and forth about 80s movies and Philadelphia-area female celebrities. Um, and uh, we can all have some good times. Uh, until next week, I will see you on the other side. All right, and that was Ryan. And uh, you know what book I want next? No. I want Archie versus To Catch a Predator. I want Chris Hansen to show up in Riverdale and finally nail that goddamn Reggie. <laughs> Reggie, I think he's up to no good in Riverdale. And uh, Chris Hansen will, will put an end to that one. That, that was a video I always wanted to make, though, is where it was to catch a predator, and Chris predator. Hansen comes out with the predator. With the predator, and the predator probably has wine. And uh, what do they usually have when they show up, those guys? It's always wine. Wine coolers? Wine coolers and, uh, I don't know, cigarettes. And they're, oh. And then, like, what? And then it would be good if, if didn't we talk about this once? And it would be funny because Predator would just talk with his clicks, but somehow oh, yeah. Chris Hansen understands it. He'd pull it's a like freaking Han Solo Chewy, yeah. It's like Chewbacca. It's like, hey, listen, why do you have those wine coolers? Oh, uh, actually, I think it's usually, like, wine coolers and candy. Because that's what kids like. Wine coolers and candy. That's what you like. No, I'm a kid, right? Sure. Oh, you know what? We never gave your score for Superboy. 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. I would have probably given it an 8 out of 10, just because I don't want to give a 9 out of 10. Actually, probably, probably just because of those freaking snow gloves, you're freaking no, nuts. No, I, I, that's fine. I, I, liked, I liked the issue. I liked parts of it. I thought it was fun. Like, again... Keith Giffen should take notice. You don't have to make funny little jokes and have little asides and 18 asterisks where you can make fun of things. You can have a fun issue without being ridiculous. And Superboy was a fun issue. Well, I don't like Keith Giffen, so I don't think he can do any I know, of this stuff. I know you don't like Keith Giffen at all. Uh, you know who I like? Who? The Tin Man. I, also I like, like the Tin Man. <laughs> I also like Ryan, Ron Mars, who my next book, Convergence Justice League International, number one, written by Ron Mars, and art by Mike Manley. He's a manly man. 
Manly man. Manly man. And I like this issue. I liked it a lot. What do you? What did you think about it? Ah, uh, it was okay. You didn't like it as much. Not as much as you now. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And the reason I enjoyed it was because you had a team. They stuck together once the dome went up, and they adjusted to the dome life and still were superheroes. And I'm talking about the team of Justice League, Justice League International, which in this is Blue Beetle, Captain Atom, Fire and Ice, and Oof. Martian Manhunter. And again, I'm not a huge Martian Manhunter fan. I liked this issue. I liked him in this issue because he kind of plays off of uh, Beetle. But how the issue starts is Metallo is marching through town, marching through Metropolis, and he's attacking the people of Metropolis. I really don't get much of an idea of why he's doing it. He might be bored. He might he's going to rule, be, brother. He's going to rule. Basically, that's what it seems. He's got a robot army. And what this issue points out is that tech rules. And they do a weird thing with Red Tornado where they say, oh, we adjusted Red Tornado's tech so that it works in the dome. And that I did not like that. I thought that was such an odd cop-out. And especially in this issue where it shows that a Captain Atom, a Fire and Ice, and a Martian Manhunter still can do good, or at least try to do good, without any powers. Um, with this tech, does this go into your whole thing with last week with uh, oh. Roy oh, no. Harper? Dude, I, I was going to save this for my Super, uh, Superman Man of Steel review okay. because I forgot about this for some reason. But this is one of the biggest problems I had with the book. Yeah. Not, not only this. But I'm all saying, of Metallo and everything No, like no, that, no. Or? You're even no. forgetting something bigger for, from one of your books as well. Oh, oh. You mean before? No, no. From this, okay. from this week. Hold on. Give me... Oh. Okay. I'm letting now, you gather we, your thoughts. This is a deal again where we were bitching last week about the rules. Yeah, What the rules. are the rules? Yep. Because in last week in Convergence, we saw that Roy Harper's cybernetic arm does not work anymore now that the dome is up. Nope. But here we got Metallo, who should just be like I said, like a cyborg would be. Is he's freaking uh, the guy yeah. from One, the Metallica no, video. I give you that. And uh, I guess maybe Red Tornado could be go going on. Maybe, possibly. I would even say that's a stretch. No powers, though. God no. No, no. But the problem I have here, besides for all the tech that's still working, even though Roy Harper had to go oh, with fucking yeah, one yeah. arm, yeah. is that in the Aquaman issue, which we haven't gotten to yet, we find out in that because of Arthur's biology yep that yep. he's half atlantean he that still he has still impervious has skin and, and super yep, strength yeah martian manhunter doesn't have any like new powers he has his own biology of martian bio the martian biology yep. he should still have you yeah, know his regular his martian powers, powers. these books the the rules do not cross over they don't at all and yeah i actually what was weird with this was the minute that i saw metallo and then that cop out with red tornado i thought why why isn't roy's working yeah and it just it, is it some kind of merger between robot like you know mechanical and human that yeah. it will not allow is it, that the only thing i can go if you tell me that i will fucking run with it yeah but they don't explain it at all they no. just and especially then when they do the cop out with red tornado and it says uh we can handle this robot army thanks to us adapting Tornado's tech to keep his abilities functioning. And again, so I'm, I'm trying to remember. Is I'm guessing Red Tornado at this junction, like this point in time, is not a a window, an air elemental, because that would be a power then, yeah, and that would be a part power. of his tech. It's more the tech, and the only reason that I can think 
that they even have this is a little bit later after the spike with Metello. Metello and uh, the JLI pretty much destroy this whole block they're doing. Oh, yeah. Blue Beetle's bug gets, gets hit pretty hard. They mention later... Thanks to Red Tornado, we could get the bug back to, to the base. That's the only reason I can even guess, because the rest of them, um, Captain Adam and Fire have, like, laser pistols. Yeah. And actually, and uh, Ice is kind of doing, like, a, um, I'll save the, the citizens while this is going on. She has her role. Martian Manhunter's just beating the crap out of people. But, uh... Really, Red Tornado doesn't have to... You don't have to have Red Tornado at this tech. I don't understand. I don't know why they did except for later when they go back. Uh, after the battle, uh, Blue Beetle has a broken arm. The bug is destroyed, and they use the bug being destroyed and a unfortunate business owner to point out that, hey, um, resources are pretty scarce. Uh, it, it's tough for us to keep things going. The one guy uh, yells at, at uh, the JLI and basically says, you know, uh, we're in a different world now, one where we have, there's no real heroes left. And I'm like, you're a jerk, buddy. You know what? How about this? Yes, they did some damage, right? Yeah. Metallo would have ripped that city apart. Jesus Christ, the guy's a jerk. But when they go back, they're talking, and, and you get kind of a, a sad sack uh, Blue Beetle. He's kind of upset that he, he doesn't want to be a leader, but yet he's forced to be because his tech abilities or whatever, just that that's, that's big now. That's a big thing under the dome. And Booster Gold's not there, and he's, gonna, he's assumed the leadership role with these other superheroes who don't have powers. And him and Martian Manhunter kind of get in a little bit of a debate on the um, ills and good of helping people and when you should be proactive and not be at... Uh, it, to me, it seems like if the Dome would have stayed up for another week, I think Blue Beetle was was bailing. It seems to me like he was retiring. He was done. Martian Manhunter wants to take the fight to the streets. He wants when, to... the, when the issue began, I really loved Blue Beetle. In this. I loved okay. Blue Beetle back in the day. Yeah. And... By the end, I was sick and tired of him. I don't know. I, I he just kept complaining. You know, everybody doesn't have powers. He just kept saying it over and over again. I, know. I just I like the point where he's he doesn't he doesn't think that he's a good leader when he is really he's being a good leader to yeah. me. Uh, but he doesn't. I don't know. He just either he didn't like it being forced on him, or he just he just doesn't think maybe because of, you know shit's not going well for the JLI, really. They're running out of, te you know, and I think he blames himself for this. And he also sees these, you know, everybody's miserable because they don't have a, their powers and maybe he feels a little guilty about that. I don't know. He really misses Booster, though. And again, like I said, uh, Martian Manhunter's like, we, we should be fighting. We should, you know, take the fight to them, whatever. And then the dome goes down. And they continue that argument. They all get their powers. I, the best is... Uh, Captain Adam. He, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. He might have turned villain right there to me. He has the <laughs> craziest look on his face. He's like, now we can really do some damage. What is he talking about damage? He's going to go back and kick that guy who's still oh, in, yeah. in the he, face. He's freaking mad. And I like that. Uh, what uh, were you actually, saying, dickhead? Well, it's funny, too, because uh, Beetle even says damage to who? And uh, They're just so excited. But then, again... Martian Manhunter's fired up. He's like, now we can, we can, it's our chance to fight. 
and Beatles, one of those, there's, there's like two, well, actually there's more schools, but two schools, two major schools when this Telos thing happens. There's the, all right, I'm ready to fucking kick ass uh, school, and then there's the school of why should we listen to this voice? Uh, why should we do what it says? And Beatle is in that second one, the latter, saying, like, why should we listen to this voice? Martian Manhunter wants to take the fight, and you know what? It doesn't matter what they say, because then in flies freaking a, a massive amount of Kingdom Come uh, villains uh, led by, or characters. I can't, do you consider them villains? No, not at all. No, that, that's what's odd with this Kingdom Come stuff. But um, it's led by Shazam and Wonder Woman, but it's a pretty cool team oh yeah uh and they're about to fight so it doesn't matter what is said or done because even beetle says there's some heavy hitters over there and in the best though is he just like we're gonna fight and his cast comes off he's got a broken heart his cast yeah, I, don't, I don't know if all of a sudden he has healing ability or goddamn <laughs> i actually thought i and i'm like no i don't think he does i think no, he's no just he doesn't fired he's up. just a dude it's funny it, it reminds me of when you hear like a fight where a guy gets punched so so hard he falls out of his shoes <laughs> he's like yeah and his cast flies off i have no idea but i really liked it I, i'm actually surprised you didn't like it as much as me yeah i really went into this thinking i was gonna mm-hmm. like it because everything you told yeah. me i love the jli team yep but it, I'm saying all the inconsistencies with the rules threw me off from right from the beginning. Again, I, I know. But again, I, I tried to overlook some of the things. And the tech thing, it annoyed me, but yeah. I went with it I, because I liked the way it showed um, how the team stuck together. Even Hell, with the if, dome, but even if they want to tell me that rules are a bit different for this dome than the freaking last one we yeah. had last well, week, I was going to say okay actually, I was going to point out that maybe they're, they they would claim if if we pressed them on it, like, well, it is Metropolis and Metropolis. No, it, yeah. it, they can't do that because. It, but I gave it an eight point eight out of ten. I really like the art. I like I like the. Oh, I love the art. I really like the way um, we finally got a team book that the team stuck together and dealt with what they were given to keep going uh, and protecting the city. I thought that was a really good thing. I don't think that there was many issues that did that. I think I would have given it a 6.8 out of 10. Yeah, I gave it an 8.8. Uh, the next one I hated. <laughs> and this was another one you were excited about. This was your really? week of excitement, and you were disappointed for the most part, I would say. I don't know. It's a mixed bag, Roy. Convergence Batman, Shadow of the Bat, number one, written by... Larry Hama with art by Philip Tan, Jason Paz, Rob Hunter, and Elmer Santos. Mm-hmm. Now, like the Green Lantern Parallax, this is one of the books I was looking forward to the most, like we said, yep. because it was during Nightfall where we introduced the Jean-Paul Valley and who became yep. the Azrael Batman mm-hmm. that I started reading Batman. Yeah. And it is a, uh, go on. Oh, it was, a, it was a pinnacle point in my life. That yeah. I, like, I knew Batman. I watched a movie before that. I had grew up with the Super Friends cartoons, the regular Batman cartoon. Before, well, the pre-animated series one, the original like Super Friends like, spinoff one. Yeah. But I, I knew Batman. I was a huge Batman fan, even though I hadn't read the comics. And it was Nightfall that got me to start doing this. So I was really excited going into this book. Yeah, it's funny because every time we go through this list, I'd always forget that Shadow of the Bat was with Azrael. And uh, you kept saying, every time I'm like, who has Batman Shadow? That's Ezreal Batman. That's me. I'm so excited. <laughs> and you were like, it was like an insult to you that I couldn't remember it. And you were like, no, 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 that's mine. As ridiculous as the Azrael Batman suit looked, as a little kid, 
I thought it was oh, fucking that, awesome. That suit is made for like a little kid. Cause it's so crazy looking. But yeah, that's for like a, a little kid up until about like the early teenage years. <laughs> yeah. Like 13 or 14. That's like kick ass. But now it's just nostalgic and I love it. Yeah. Just because. But now this story has Bruce Wayne is trying to infiltrate Tobias Whale's gang so that he can bring down the gangster, which it just becomes overly nonsensical in this whole plan that he has. Yeah, it went on. Just it dragged for me. The whole point he has is to catch whale hijacking food trucks. But in a world surrounded by the dome, do you really need to catch the bad guy? You know he's up to no good. Don't you just want to beat the shit out of yeah, him? Yeah, I, I, it just again everything. It, this issue just dragged and just got me annoyed. And that's it's, one of the things I just like. Even Batman and uh, Azrael's voices—they didn't sound right to me. It was just like overly dialogue heavy, trying to explain every little thing. And the one thing that I wanted to explain wasn't. Why are there food trucks? Where are these food trucks coming from? It seems like they're coming from out of town. Well, and I thought of that too. And it led me at one point <laughs> they're talking, and it led me to think like in my mind, hey, they give us, I don't know what, wasn't this the issue with like, I don't know what food they call it, but you know what? No, that, it, that was Suicide Squad. Okay. No, I think it was this too when they were discussing these food trucks. I said they, they need say, food trucks. And they were, weren't they saying something in it like uh like, oh, it's not the greatest of uh, a food, but people need food. And where, where there's need, there's money to be made. That's kind yeah, of like he yeah, said. Yeah, Tobias Well went into So I'm us. thinking to myself, okay, this leads into the telos saying, hey, I've given you all that you need. So it, it, to me, where is this food materializing? It's like, to me, there's a basement that it just materializes and they're shipping it out. I don't no, understand. gerbils. It doesn't, like, yeah, but in this, it doesn't even seem like anybody's making the food. They're just distributing it. Where are they getting it from? It makes no sense to me. Well, they're, like making, said, they're making it somewhere because that Suicide Squad, when everybody's eating dinner, like, well, that, one again, thing I miss the most is steak. Yeah. What do they call this? This is a fake. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the, but in this book, the way they explain it, it's just like, oh, well, they, they get this food and I don't know what it is, but it never, if you're going to do this, if, if me and you are going to be gangsters. All right. Okay. We're going to take over the food trucks. What's the next thing that somebody's going to do? They're going to take over the factory that makes it. Why wouldn't you start there then? If oh, I understand. A, it, it makes no sense to me that you, they're almost saying like, hey, we'll cut the middlemen out. We'll take the brutes and we'll get them. Why do it there? They can't figure out where these routes are. <laughs> Find out where they're making the goddamn stuff and just do it there. Take over the factories. <laughs> it's so stupid. No, what's stupid is here we have Bruce Wayne and John Paul Valley. And John Paul Pally is a vi- Pally. Valley is a very violent man. Yes. And that's one of the problems that Bruce had with him from the get-go is that Asriel beats the shit out of people and kills them. Yeah. But here we have Bruce Wayne infiltrating the gang. But John Paul Valley has already done that because they both had the same idea to take Tobias Whale down during this hijacking. Yep. So they get the information. For some reason, it's weird too because they – it seems like it should be Bruce Wayne like coming in to do this because he has the political connections where he just does it and, you know, I, he finds out and gives it to Whale, but then they blackmail the mayor to do it, so it's all underhanded anyway, and then they kill the mayor. Yeah, it's so weird. It's a, it's very odd yeah. because it seems like he would join this gang not because of his criminal expertise, but because he's Bruce fucking Wayne, yeah, and he can just get this information. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, that's not the point. Yeah, and that's the part where they're like, here, you take this gun, and isn't that the part? And then the guy ended up being dead anyway. 
Yeah, they went and killed the guy anyway. Yeah, they threw him out. Like, hey, it, that, I was just screwing with you. We actually just threw him. <laughs> so, so here we already have one guy who's killed because they just don't beat the shit out of Tobias Whale and his goons. Mm-hmm. And then they t- it's two weeks later, I believe, we jumped to her a few days later, where they're actually going to hijack, and Batman and Azrael show up late, and they get the truckers killed. <laughs> the truckers die because yep. they aren't there to stop yep. Tobias beforehand. Yep. And then it yeah. just becomes an extended fight scene between Batman and Tobias Whale as the dome comes down, and out of nowhere, the freaking Wildstorm Wetworks team shows up, and it... I am so confused at this point because while I love the art initially, I realized halfway through it cannot convey a story well because I was so confused. Yeah, I was confused the whole time, really. Like, you know at the end of the books when they have that section where they like kind of catch you up, bring you up to speed with what's been going on? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They did that and they told you what was going on with Batman. Why not tell me who the fuck these Wetworks people are because these are not the big characters that everybody knows. Batman, everybody fucking yeah, knows Yeah, everybody Batman. knows that. Everybody knows Batman. Wetworks, I have no idea because at one point it seems like the driver of Tobias Whale was always one of these Wetworks people that, yeah. or that she took over the body. I don't understand because then she – and they're using words like spatial slip and time slip. Like I'm supposed to know what that means because I'm so freaking like, uh, like familiar with the Wetworks crew. No idea. Yeah. So the, the Wetworks crew are just there, and they're watching Bruce and Azrael. And then the dome comes down during this fight. They take down Tobias Whale. And they're like, Azrael says, I'm going to go fight. Don't do it, uh, Azrael. I'm going to do it. The end. Man. I have yeah. no idea what the fuck I just read. Because Batman just got a shit ton of people killed because he just didn't beat the shit out of this guy. Yep. Yeah, he got people killed. Uh, another thing that made me laugh, I was just paging it through while you were talking. The... The governor, or the mayor. Mayor, yeah. Yeah. They find out that he, like, it seems like two weeks ago he was, like, a bad guy in Gotham and just, uh, don't these people check into their their political uh, people? Do you remember that? He's like, oh, I know who you were. He was a pyramid schemer in Gotham. Yeah, he was a pyramid schemer in Gotham, left and became mayor of Metropolis. He did really well for himself. Oh, yeah. You just leave, you leave town and go to the next huge city, and and it doesn't matter what you did before. It's like that broad who was that part of that uh, 9-11 support group who yeah, was never oh, a yeah. part of she, it. She was awful. But they found her out, you know. I, like how many years later? I know. But still, that seemed a little, you know, that was one thing because they didn't have any remains. You can get away with that crap. But yeah. And she never worked there. I know. But it also seems like Batman and Azrael knew this guy was bad. They just never got around to doing anything about yeah. it. Mayor's dead. Some truck drivers are dead. Everybody's dead. Yeah. And, yeah, like you said, Bruce doesn't kill people, right? No. No, but usually his actions don't lead to the death of a bunch of people either, and it, it, they do here. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. I did not like this issue at everybody all. Everybody gets near or dies. I did not like this issue at all, and I was so freaking disappointed. And this this was your worst reviewed one this week, right? 3.5 oh, out of 10. Yeah, this Holy is, shit. Again, I wrote maybe my least favorite along with Supergirl. And again, I wish I would have given Supergirl less of a, a score because I would give this a 2 or 3. I thought it was awful. I did not like any bit of it. But hey, that's me. The next one, um, I liked and I didn't like. It was Convergence Catwoman number 1, written by Justin Gray, art by Ron Randall and Gabe Altieb. And the thing, I, I like Catwoman. I I love the new 52 Catwoman since Anosenti's been off it. Uh, this is the purple suited Catwoman I don't have much of a history with. That's fine. It's Catwoman. Uh, the problem with me is this issue scope fe- felt way off. 
it it didn't feel like a big story to me. Um, what you get where first off, Justin Gray has to go into this issue and he's got to decide or or explain why Catwoman is a good person. You you real you get the idea that that's what he's going to go for, and he does by explaining that once the dome went down. Uh, she decided it was up to her to protect the people of Suicide Slump. That she is taken to them. She's going to be their protector. She And she even says she, she ends up fighting these crazy military type guys. These paramilitary types that are out yeah. hunting people. The most dangerous game. The most game. dangerous game. Man. <laughs> so they're out hunting people. Again, yeah, you can tell me, hey, people are bored. Uh, yeah. may, maybe it even keeps the... Uh, the population down. I felt I, I thought it was kind of odd that you get a bunch of these people together and they're off doing that, but that's fine. They're out hunting people. Not only that, the one dude's talking about how he used to do this with uh, some other people. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's, I've done this before, it, guys. It, it Don't just, worry. It just seems weird. This one but, time we found Ice-T and he was homeless and yeah, we hunted him with Rutger Howard. Ice-T in that one, Rutger Howard. And, but what you get is Catwoman going and punching the crap out of these guys as she's explaining why she's a hero. She's like, I wasn't a hero. but So she gives the whole story with that. And then you go with a little peek at Bruno Mannheim. Bruno Ugly Mannheim. You like Bruno Mannheim? Yes, I do, actually. Well, here he is the leader of Inner Gang. Yeah, he's... Yep. And I like this part to the point where it shows you that... every. If you want it to be on top, now again we just saw the um, never want to be on top. We saw the uh, yeah, the shadow of the bat. We saw people reacting late. Bruno Mannheim started right away when that dome went up. He realized right away, hey, if I can get a hold of all these doctors and especially it seems pharmacists, yeah, I will be in control of the medicines, Drug drugs, everything. They, it's weird too because they try to really push that it's medicine. We know better. Yeah. He, he's got meth labs going. But whatever he has, he's going to be in control of that. So immediately, he had Intergang go out, capture all, or kidnap all these doctors and pharmacists, and has them, uh, you know, working like child laborers do for Nike. So instead of making shoes, they're making uh, drugs. Um, he explains this to a guy he's going to kill. So it's like this, you know, yes, mon- it's monologuing exposition. He's telling him this. But it, it, it was cool. I liked it. Uh, at the end, he throws him into this tank of um, uh, piranhas. Yeah. And you know what I really liked about this? And it had nothing to do with what it was probably meant to do, but it showed me that Bruno Mannheim is so on top that he even has fish where <laughs> everybody else is struggling to eat anything that's... And I mean, in, in Suicide Squad, they're paying. I don't, I don't think folks eat piranhas. Well, you you would if you were paying a thousand dollars for a glass of f- freaking orange soda. They're just fish. You would eat them, but he's so extravagant, he can have them as pets. So he throws the guy in there. The piranhas eat him, and then it's such a great scene that Catwoman repeats it by telling us exactly what Inner Gang and Bruno Mannheim has done. And for the next couple of panels, she repeats pretty much what we just found out from Bruno himself. And I, I really, it annoyed me. Uh, I don't know why they did that. I don't know. I have to go back and reread this issue, though, because I read it earlier today, and I had a great time with yeah, it. Yeah, I love this issue. Right after um, Mannheim tells that guy, they switch to Selena, 
Yeah. I'm going to go right now. I want to get to the point. Uh, you know, he's telling the whole thing. I have these people. I have the farm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have that. Kills the guy. And then you go and you have Selena and she's like, uh, where is it? She's she's talking to the, the reader about how she's doing all this stuff. And then she basically just starts talking about Bruno Mannheim. And Inter- Here, Inner Gang was one of the early adopters, a group with enough muscle and foresight to see chaos and turn it into opportunity. They kidnapped doctors, nurses, surgeons, chemists, and pharmacists. Anyone who had... It's the exact... It, it's not... A, it's the speech again. You get it again. And it all leads up to her saying that she's there because one of Suicide Squad's main uh, drug makers... Suicide Slums. Suicide Slums, I'm sorry, uh, was kidnapped. But yeah, it's, I'm telling you, it's three pages of her talking about the gang again. But it's right afterwards. So then she throws like an EMP grenade, busts into this thing. And again, I told you this earlier, I don't like that she just smashes through a window. That doesn't seem like Catwoman to me, but I guess this is the new... Uh, you know, action first Catwoman. She gets the, the doctor and they go to escape and all of a sudden as they're escaping, the dome goes down and Batman shows up. Yep. The end. It's, he just flies in and says, hello, Catwoman. And then she's, of course, it had to be Batman. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what Batman's up to. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's spelled out that she's fighting Batman. I no. think, And I don't even think it's a fair fight. I don't think that that would be a fight that they would spell out. I don't know why Batman has showed up and uh, is saying hello to Catwoman. I really don't. It says, coming up, Catwoman in the city of Metropolis face Judgment Day as a dome falls, her- heralding the arrival of Kingdom Come Batman. Yep. I-, I think we just saw that. Uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> that's what's odd. It's coming up. I think that's what we just saw. But yeah, I, I didn't like the issue. I thought that it was... Uh, too much of what was going on, and I don't really know. In my mind, maybe, maybe Kingdom Come Batman's coming in, and he's going to put an end to this drug trade, because I don't know that they're even going to go with that. Do you think that in the second issue they're going to deal a lot with Bruno Mannheim's drug trading inner gang? Like I'm saying, I don't know anything that's going to happen know, in these but second they issues. Better yeah. Because they set that up too much in this issue to just ditch it. If Look, she I... just fights Batman, then I'm really going to be angry. I had a great time with this yeah. issue, though. I love the... Per- this is my favorite costume of Catwoman. Yeah, I don't mind the costume. It's, it's fine. Uh, the only problem I had with the book is when her and the doctor were escaping, and there's all those bullets around her. None of these goddamn bullets are hitting. They're, look, they're struggling yeah. to get up this goddamn yeah. wall, yeah. and they should have been shot a hundred times yeah. over. I think they even say something. They, yeah, they do. Says something, but Like I said... So basically what you got in this issue, if I'm not uh, mistaken, is she protects Suicide Slum... Twice we're told about this drug trade, and then the doctor, she goes and takes the doctor out and then meets Batman. I think this was the least amount of story in any of the issues. I thought that it was just... The main issue part was Bruno Mannheim. I don't know where he's falling into this convergence event. I'm telling you, I don't even know that he'll be in... He doesn't seem... That whole inner gang and Bruno Mannheim doesn't seem like it would be part of the convergence event to me. You know what Bruno Mannheim's nickname is? What is it? Ugly. Mm, he's ugly, all right. Bruno uh, Ugly Mannheim. I thought that this issue was ugly. I gave it a 5.5. I thought it looked great. I, I would thought have given it looked it, good. But... And I had a great time reading it. I gave. I would have given it an 8 out of 10. Actually, I'm shocked that you had a great time reading it. I, I did. I, don't, I really don't think there was any story here. 
We got the story of why Catwoman's in Metropolis in the first place, yeah. which I thought was fun. It was yeah. great dialogue that from that. Like one, one panel. No, it was not that one was panel. Like one it, was, page. It, was a couple, it was a couple pages. Yeah, okay, we got that. Then we and get then we the rest in. of the issue was Bruno Mannheim. And now we get in, we have the whole, like, the, hunting the most dangerous game, man. And uh, we find out that Catwoman now protects Suicide Song, mostly because she's bored and has nothing else to do. Yeah, but again, that could have been... And, and then we have the whole drug thing. trade going on Bruno. Yeah, I just, like, any other issues did we have, besides maybe Shadow of the Bat, which you hated, did we have this, like, uh, side thing about anything like that? I just What about Green it, Arrow? That's yeah. The white supremacists. Yeah, but that was that was a way to get everybody together. You don't know what's going to happen in the second well, issue. It brought Connor and and Oliver together. No, I'm talking about Catwoman though. You don't know what's going to happen yeah, in the second issue. I'll see. I I really hated it. And in fact, I'm thinking about it now. I wish I would have given it a lower score. I really didn't like it at all. And I like Justin Gray. I just thought that this was one of the weakest actual stories of the Convergence events so far. But we'll go to what you were talking about, Convergence Green Arrow. Yes, Convergence Green Arrow number one, written by Christy Marks, with art by Rags Morales, Claude St. Alban, and Nee Ruffino. Is that I, how you said that? Nee? I guess, nee? yeah. Nee. Nee. I don't know. I'm actually, right now, I'm looking at other people's scores of Catwoman, and there, <laughs> there is one person who gave it a nine, and then I am the next highest with a 5-5. Five, five. There's this. Well, I had a they're good all about time, that but five. suck it. Yeah, uh, comic book resources gave it a five. Actually, I'm wrong. IGN gave it a five nine. Uh, <laughs> Infinite Comics gave it a five. Batman News gave it a four five. Said it was poorly executed. That's right. It was right. fun. And it says, I'd advise you to skip this issue. Yes. Well, I, I'd advise you to get it because it's a good time, especially yeah. if you love this era's Catwoman like I do. Yeah, I don't. I like I said, I didn't get anything about really about Catwoman that much in this. It was just her. I'm going to protect Suicide Slums. Hey, there's this drug dealer. I'm going to go save somebody. I really didn't get much of anything, like any sort of idea of what Catwoman was about. Catwoman would have left Bruno like go, but he kidnapped one of her friends mm. who was a freaking uh, big doctor. It wasn't Suicide a friend. Slums. She didn't even know who it was. She just she said, knows who it she, is. No, she said, that's somebody that's under my protection. Because she had spelled out that nobody messes with Suicide Slums. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I felt She bad. is a friend of Suicide Slums. Yes, she is. Well, let's get on with Green Arrow. I'm in a Green Arrow. It's, it's freaking, that Catwoman so annoyed me. All, All right. right, Green Arrow. I like Green Arrow enough. Yeah. Well, I'll say, while I can't say that I started reading Green Arrow at this point in time, I can say that I love the Errol Flynn-looking goddamn yeah, Oliver yeah. Queen. That was the big enough draw for me to come back. Because that's the biggest thing I've missed in the New 52 is the way Oliver Queen looks now because I miss this, this character that we have in this Convergence issue. Did you, do you like this one or do you like the New 52 Oliver Queen? Um, I like the look of this one a lot better. Yeah. Um, I can't say that I, um, I, I like to start. I don't know much of the Green Arrow actually breeding wise, but no, the look I love. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. But this this issue would be cool because originally Oliver and Connor met under different circumstances, mm -hmm. but now that we have this altered dome timeline, it's a whole new story, and it's a really I I like the idea of that where we know the original story where they meet. But now we have an altered version of that to see how the circumstances changed since then. And it all comes down when a bunch of white supremacists decide they're going to kick a, a, some 
you know, family that's not yeah. white out of their neighborhood. Those supremacists remind me of a white supremacist version of the River, Riverdale gang, too. I'm looking at them now. <laughs> they look, they're just, they're awful people, though. Yeah, uh, they're white supremacists. Yes, they are. But no, Connor Hawk shows up, he takes him out, and after he's done dispatching these assholes, he sees that there's a green arrow just sitting there, and he realizes, holy shit, it's been a year I've been here. Why haven't I known that Green Arrow's been in Metropolis? Yeah. So all his, all his ass kickery on these freaking assholes has caused the attention. Now it's a big old mob has gotten together of these fucking Nazis. Mm-hmm. And they tracked the, uh, Connor back to his freaking, uh, what is it? What the hell is that ashram. called? Ashram. The ashram, yeah. Yep. I always forget that fucking word. Yeah. Um, and now they're going to get, like, you know, we're going to get some payback because this is where all Connor's been taking all the families that have been, in, uh, you know, victimized by these mm-hmm. people. So it's a safe haven for them. They're going to bust in. So now that he knows a green arrow is out and about, he's he saved three green flares, I want to say. I don't know why he saved them, but I guess he knew this might go down. Yeah, no idea. I, think, I thought he said something about why, uh, but yeah, he has them. So he uses his archery skill to make a freaking green arrow. We're using the flares, a green arrow in the sky pointing to his location, which green arrow sees, and he comes and joins the fight. They kick the shit out of these assholes, and they send him packing. Uh, the one and, thing that bothered me about this is... They're busting through the door. They run up. Connor is on the roof. They run up. Oh, my God, they're getting in. He goes, tell everyone I'll be there in five minutes. Five minutes? <laughs> like, really, Connor? They're going to be dead. Five minutes. Uh, and he actually does say. He said that he was holding on to those flares without knowing why. So okay, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it was awesome when he shoots them off, though. Oh, yeah, it was a badass scene. I'll tell you, I, Rags Morales on art, man. Come on. Yep. We love the Rags Morales. We love Rags. But it's after they send these assholes back, and the Connor's like, hey, I've always, you're my favorite hero. I've always wanted you to come here. Oh, and guess what? I'm, let's go to Mari, so, and I got something to tell you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Oliver Queen, you are the father. Yes, he's on Mari. Oliver, <laughs> you are the father. The, Connor's yelling at him. The crowds, you know, ah. He gets up, starts flipping off the He's crowd as they're booing him. People, then they go to the they go to commercial. When they come back, Connor and, and Oliver are together, and now they're best friends. Well, slightly different because when we come back from commercial here, the dome comes down. Yeah, the dome is down, and all these people now that the dome's down start running out of town all willy nilly. And like you know what, we got to go stop these jerk offs before they go and get themselves killed. Oh, it's funny because we've learned in convergence. Uh, Number two, I believe it was, that if any civilians go outside of the city limits, they get shot down. So those people are in big trouble. (laughs) But the worst part is, yeah, they're going to go stop them. Before they can, they get teleported to Kingdom Come Metropolis, where Oliver has a bigger shock. Everybody starts calling him fucking dad. Oh, yeah. He's he's on Maury like seven (laughs) times, and he wants to get the hell out of there. He runs into this version, like the Kingdom Comes version of Dino Lance, who is married to that version's Green Arrow, and his daughter, Olivia Queen, who's half like a cyborg. Yeah, she's a cyborg. And they run into each other. Oliver? Dad? 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 Oh, everybody's pissed. Uh, it would have been funny when the dome goes down if Oliver just got on his motorcycle and headed out. Like, <laughs> screw you guys. Honestly, I'm out. You half believed he was going to do that anyway. Look, yeah, I kid, thought that's what was going to happen. Kid, I'm not your dad. And yeah. even if I was, oh, and then he's like, well, this is my mother. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, you don't want me for a father. I haven't been there the rest of your life. You don't want me now. And then he's like, hey, listen, you have poison ivy. Let's get your mom's purse. Let's put some wine coolers in it. Let's go to the movies, buddy. <laughs> 
that's the worst. Uh, well, I, I, it's weird. I like this issue. I think I like this issue just because I like Green Arrow. And this is kind of like, it's, it's the fun of Green Arrow, I think, that gets me going. Because the story itself is a little weird. It comes off more of a Connor Hawk story to me. Yeah, yeah. I, but I like Connor Hawk too. I like, and again, if you want to get people into your character, you just have white supremacists go after people and have the character protect them. They might as well go down, punch a baby, and uh, kick a dog. <laughs> but I mean, you, you get the worst of the worst there. But I did like that because it actually, that whole thing with that white supremacist group uh really points out that people are awful whether the dome is up or not you're going to have these type of people and it made sense to me that they would freak out that they're going to run out of supplies and let's get rid of these darkies yeah and it's awful it's the worst thing but it to me that's realistic because like i said people are awful and white people are even more awful they're the worst oh yeah and that's what you get so i think and again i'm not a huge fan of christy marks who's the writer in this i liked it I liked it a lot. Yeah, One was, thing, what? I'm saying, I was thrown for a loop, though, when I went into this book. Because even though it's on the cover, I guess I didn't really look at the cover. Yeah. When I was reading, when Green, uh, Green Arrow died in the I old I think Cotton I know Hill, what you're going to say. Well, I'm saying, when Green Arrow died in the old Cotton Hill, Connor Hawk took over for him. Yep. And in that, he had, you know, blonde hair and shit like yes, this. Yes, that's what he, I was, I was like, who is this guy? Here he comes off. I forgot that he looked like Kane from yeah, Kung Fu yeah. when he was first introduced. Uh, the, the funniest thing is I'm going through this and I'm thinking the same thing. Like, huh, I, this isn't the Connor. And again, I'm not that schooled in a lot of the older things. Right. And I'm like, this isn't the Connor that I've seen some time. And it took me until actually the end where they sh- they have the little two-page thing about the characters and the oh, right, right. for me to realize that okay this is legit i didn't even realize then i'm reading this whole thing thinking that eh, it's just something that kind of happened because of the don't like that the timeline getting wonky and stuff like that that i didn't know i knew it was connor obviously he said he is but i think and he, connor even calls it out at one point green arrow is going to leave and connor's like it, it's because of my color because my eyes, and he's like, no, no, no. I, I think Green Arrow actually at that point, Oliver thought there might have been a camera on him, and he's like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. And he's like, I'm getting the hell out of here. It's actually just because you're my son, and I'm getting the hell out. I don't want to have to, you know, deal with this. I left you when you were a baby, and I did for a reason. I don't want to be a father. Off I go. But yeah, I liked it. I gave it an eight point five out yeah, of ten. I probably, probably would have given it like a seven five and eight. I liked it again. I, I don't know what it was because. You didn't get that much, you know what I mean? I I complained about Catwoman, and this seems to be a a kind of similar type deal. But yet, I thought it was fun enough, and I like—I guess maybe I just like Green Arrow better than Catwoman. I don't know. I like them both. Yeah. Well, the next book I have is Convergence Aquaman Number One, written by Tony Bedard. Art by Cliff Richards. Tony Bedard seems to be writing a lot of these, huh? Oh yeah, man. Well, he's on, he now. I'm so, I was going to say he was on Supergirl, but no, he wasn't at the no, end. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, guess what? Uh, Arthur is having some problems under the dome. Oh yeah. Would you say that? Oh my uh, god, yeah. They seem to happen immediately. Like the the dome went up. He he didn't have telepathy with the fish anymore, and that just drove him nuts. Yep. So he went and tried to take over the Metropolis Aquarium. No, and, no, he, he did that, though, because he fought well, Chemo and yeah, poisoned the he, harbor. I was going to say, and he also polluted the harbor by fighting Chemo. <laughs> he's not had a good, he's got some bad luck. But uh, I said in my review even, what he really could use is a good PR agent. 
he, <laughs> he needs that. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the case because the director of Star Labs, director Dorrance, tries to kind of help him out that way and says, listen, you know, while this happens, he went into the aquarium. There was a standoff with police. It's on this all is the mine, news. Bitches. Yeah, and uh, he's like, listen, you, you got to come out, you know. So he kind of is his, uh, he becomes his friend kind of, but Aquaman's an awful friend. He's not nice to him. This guy gave him a hook, for Christ's sakes, for a hand. And uh, his, they don't care. The, Aquaman's awful to him. But what happens is, actually not much happens. Uh, he, he, you hear the story about him and the harbor. You get that he was in a standoff police about the aquarium. You get a talk with Director Dorrance, who basically spells out like, hey, I can't imagine how bad it would be to not be able to talk to fish now. Aquaman goes and takes a shower. The dome comes down. All of a sudden, he can talk to fish. He sees above him in uh, the scene where on the other books, you get it. Sometimes you get it. Sometimes you don't. But this time, you see the villain death blow. Aquaman really doesn't know who it is. He sees him in the sky. He sees him on the dome, whatever it is that they're going to spell out. But he says, hey, I think that might be for me. I think Mm -hmm. that guy's going to come to fight me. And I like that. I know it sounds hokey, but I like the fact that it makes more sense to me that they would see their villain that they're going to fight and only because, really, the whole city, there'd be villains all over the place. And how would they know which is which? So that makes sense to me. It makes sense that this is what he's seeing. That's the guy. He's like, I don't know about that guy. I think he's on his way. I better go and prepare. So he goes off. And I forget, what issue did you say you liked? it because you got to see a little bit of the villain part of it was that um was that superboy i forget which one it was earlier but oh yeah I, when when double x was telling us a little yes. background and the mindset of the yeah, heroes yeah. from kingdom come yeah, yeah. and I, I dug that and i dug this because you get death blow and oh uh, boy do you get death uh, blow and and i mentioned to you before the podcast started and i i put it in my um review a bit but Really, they're they're picking stories to do, and there's Tony Bedard. He has a couple big hitters in this in this event, but then they're like, okay, who wants to do Aquaman? And Tony Bedard, maybe Tony, maybe they drew straws. They get okay, Aquaman. Oh man, who's the villain? Is it Kingdom Come Wonder Woman? Is it uh, Shazam? No, it's it's Wildstorm's Death Blow. And whoever he must have been like, what the hell? And I'm telling you, I think he did a great job. With what he got, because you get Death Blow that anybody know Death Blow? No, for, nobody knows for Death real. Blow. You know who knows Death Blow? Jim Lee, because he's yeah. the one who created him. But Death Blow, he's basically Deathstroke or Dead Ch- He's he's that '90s, you know, kick-ass Merc. Terminator Merc guy. So he shows up and he goes to the DEO, which is the Department of Extra Normal Operations. And I want to know, what are those guys doing the whole year that the dome is up? Because <laughs> they, they couldn't have had much going on. They've been waiting for this day. And there's so many people there. They just keep Imagine showing, a lot of layoffs. They just keep showing up for work. There seems to be enough guys there. I said in my thing, I think they're playing video games all year. And all of a sudden, the thing goes up. Holy shit, we better get back to work. So <laughs> what they're doing, they're scrambling to try to figure out stuff. And Deathblow shows up, and he basically kills everybody <laughs> to the point where he's like, "You walk away, or you get, or you get killed." The person runs, he kills him. He goes, "I told you to walk," and I'm like, "This guy means business." Yeah, but he's a badass. I like Deathblow. 
I liked him a lot. I was like, oh, man, I actually think he's pretty cool. Well, he's there at the DEO for a, a pretty damn good reason. Damn right. He wants he's the smartest Intel, motherfucker yeah, around. He wants Intel and Aquaman. He, is go- he means business. He wants to find the Intel and Aquaman. And I mentioned in the review, and I said to you also, I love the fact that he goes and it pops up that there's metahumans. And he kind of laughs at that and goes, metahumans. That's just another word for gen active. And that shows that, yes, he is from the Wildstorm universe. And I love the fact that that's pointed out. He is from a different universe. He is from a different... And that's... I I can't tell you how much I like that. That it really shows that he is his own character from his own place. And I thought it was great. I liked it as well. At the end... He free everybody's dead around him. He lights up a cigar and off he goes to kick some aquatic ass. And I th- I thought it was so cool. And again, I, I don't I don't know. It's all set up this issue, so I, I couldn't give it a nine or a, I gave it. I think I gave it a six eight. But I can't tell you how much I loved what Tony Bedard did. I can tell you how much I hated the art. And I, you told me you didn't mind it as much. I, the only part I minded was him in the shower, baby. I hated it. I hated this art so much. I hated it the minute I saw it, and it didn't change the whole time. And every bit of negative uh, is almost all about the art. I did not like the art to the point where I, I just... It, it grated on my nerves. It reminded me a lot of the art um, that's in the G.I. Zombie book and also in the latter Talon books. Right. And I'm telling you, that's why I know how much I don't like this art. That it, the, those two uh, books that I just mentioned, I hated the art in. So uh, it pulled my my score down a lot. But at six eight, I would suggest anybody to read it because I did like the story. I love what he did with uh, with Deathblow. It has to be the worst villain besides maybe uh, Lord Volt and Lady Cork, but it has to be one of the worst villains to get stuck with in this event. I don't think so. He's uh, badass. No, he made him badass. That's what I'm saying. He really did a good job with him. I don't think going in that anybody was like, man, I got to read that Aquaman because Deathblow is in. In fact, one of the reviews thought that Tony Bedard made it up. I don't know that this reviewer gets the idea or concept of this uh, this event because most people aren't making up these people. They've been in comics in the 90s and, and whatnot. But uh, I thought it was great. But I had to put it down for the art i love the personal story of how, why aquaman is the way he is now yeah and i love the death blow stuff i didn't mind the art i would have given this an eight five yeah okay like i like i had a lot of fun reading this book if i liked the art i might have even given it a nine but that's how much i didn't like the art uh we're on to our last book of the night Ooh, that's yours convergence superman man of steel number one yes. written by louise simonson Art by June Brigman, Roy Richardson, and John Rauch. Mm-hmm. Is that how you would say that? Rauch? Rauch. Rauch, I would say. Rauch. We'll, we'll ask Stephen Copper how to... Uh, <laughs> Stephen Rauch? Yeah, I read it. I read it. I, I was not as uh, thrilled with it as you were. Oh, uh, see, again, I love Steel. Yeah, I the know. Death- during Death of Superman, I remember when I got the issue, and I wish I could remember it off the top of my head which one it was. It was right after Death of Superman, and it was when they pretty much introduced the origin story to Steel. And I had it as a kid, and I fell in love with John Henry Irons, where he's talking about, you know, John Henry Steel drive a man. Yeah, yeah. And how he's related to him, like, supposedly. 
But and this is, I, I just was happy as hell to get into the sea and steel. But here we are a year after the dome came down. And Steel is like the biggest superhero in the city because everybody's powers are gone, mm -hmm. but his suit is still activated, which gives yeah. him his freaking powers. That seems a little odd. Yeah. <laughs> what? I think that somewhere Roy, or not somewhere, Roy's over there in Gotham, and he is pissed. He, <laughs> what happened? He's like, why isn't my tech working when this guy's full suit is, is good to go? Well, yeah, like I said, though, he is the only real, you know, powered up person. Yep. So he's had to really step up as a hero. And he's not the only one who's decided to go power suit because, like we said about the other one, tech rules here in Metropolis. Yeah, yeah Metropolis is definitely tech rules. That's the, the whole thing. We've got a bunch of ex-Lex Corps employees who've taken some power suits, and mm -hmm. uh, they've made up their own gangs, and now they're vying for territory in suicide slums. So we have like similar power-suited people in different gangs having a gang war that Steel has to get in the middle of. And while he's doing that, his niece and nephew were also with him when he got trapped in Metropolis, Jamal and Natasha. And since he taught them how to repair his suit within this year, they've decided to go off on their own yeah. and make their own suits. Yep. Which I guess they can. They're, in, they're using Star Labs as their base of operations. But they do this without his knowledge. So you know what? Bibbo's ace of clubs has gotten fucked up during this gang war, so they're going to go help him fend off from looters. Yes. So they suit up. They go down. And when the fight is over, we the dome comes down, and we see that one of the looters that they were fighting off was Parasite. His powers come back, and he's all like, you know what? Hey, kid, sucks the life force out of Jamal. They fly. Uh, Natasha grabs him, flies away, and now Steel has just got done fighting off like twenty freaking you know LexCorp you know gang members. Mm -hmm. And Gen Thirteen shows up immediately. Yeah, and they were there to kick the shit out of Steel. And do you know why they want to kick the shit out of Steel? Because they want to find out where the rest of his team are. Because why would somebody pit the entire team of Gen 13 against one man? Yeah, yeah. And they do not believe him when he says, I do not have a team. And they just continue to pound on him. <laughs> as, as his unknown team looks on through a broken window. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, all he has now, like, Jamal, like, he's done. His life force was sucked up. He's not dead, but he's out for the count. Yeah, yeah. Natasha's like, I got to go help Uncle John. And while she does this, the Gen 13, oh, there they are. I'm going to blast it. So John takes a direct hit trying to take this blast from, so Natasha doesn't get hurt, gets set on fire, falls to the ground, and suit shatters. Mm -hmm. And luckily, Parasite sees all these superpowers and gets their attention because he's going around to suck it up some oh, power yeah, off of that. Oh, yeah, he's all excited. It's like a buffet. Exactly. It is a fucked up, it is a straight up buffet for Parasite with these new people who have no idea who Parasite is. So Natasha takes John back to Star Labs where we find out his suit is destroyed, he is burned over most of his body, and his back is fucking broken. Yep. Shit looks bad for Man of Steel in the next issue. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, what is the girl from Gen 13? The Fairchild. Haired girl. Boy, at one point it looks like uh, Parasite is really having his way with her. <laughs> it's the weirdest <laughs> panel. He's like on top of her. She's like got this weirdness. Power, strength, speed, quite the feast, girl. I'm like, what is he, what is he doing? Oh, Chris Hansen's in, in the house. But yeah, oh at, the end, at the end, he steal, he's in big trouble. Everybody is fucked if they're relying on Steel to win this fucking fight yeah. against Gen uh, 13. Again, it'd be funny, like, next issue, it's one page. Steel's dead. It's yeah. over. Bibbo comes out with a shotgun. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not counting on uh, Metropolis winning now. Steel's down. 
I am, honestly, after all this shit, it looks like, I think Deathblow is going to kill Aquaman. Gen 13 is killing Steel and Natasha. Yeah, I think Metropolis is done. The only thing I can count, I'm hoping, because I love, I'm saying, I was going on and on about how much I love, uh, no, I'm saying, how much I love John Henry Irons. During this time, it took me years to stop. And when he became Steel, I still wanted to call him the Man of Steel because it was a cooler name to me. Yeah, yeah. He took on that persona of Superman when he stepped up when uh, Superman died. He yeah. is this aspect of Superman. He is the Man of Steel. And uh, But I love Parasite as well. I don't think Parasite gets enough panel play in comics anymore. Yeah. So I was happy as shit to see him here as well. I want him to step up and be the champion and take on all Gen 13 next issue. Maybe even team up with Natasha yeah, and her suit. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's going to be the, the hero of Metropolis. But not only – I want to get back to one more thing before I forget all about it. We're bitching about how tech rules and shit like that and his suit works and everything like that. Not only does his suit work, but they scrapped together some nanotechnology from the dome and then fed it to a cat or injected it into a cat who yeah. becomes a goddamn nano-cyborg yeah, cat. ridiculous. I don't even know why that was there. So somehow that's going to have to come into play. Like, actually, you know what? He's probably going to become the John Henry Irons of, like, the future where he gets the nanotech to become steel. Okay, yeah. That's probably where they're going to play He's going to be the John Henry Irons of the cats. Oh, no. It's like, what? But, yeah, that's what it'll be. That's the only reason that can be there. Yeah, that was such a throwaway thing that, or, like, a setup or something. Yeah. uh, Just off topic, are you excited to see Parasite in the new Suicide Squad in June? Because he's one of the new team. Yes, I am. I love the I love yeah. the lineup of the new thing, like yeah. how they're actually in a lineup. Yep. Yeah, I think Parasite's going to be pretty cool in that. I love Parasite. He's one of my favorite Superman villains, and I really wish he'd get a play in some movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, he's not getting anything. But yeah, fucking Man of Steel, Parasite. I had a great time. Gen 13 is not one of the things I'm huge on. Like, I'm telling you, Wildstorm I pretty much did not read growing up at all. Yeah. I read Spawn, and that was it out of Image. Uh, What'd you give this? I gave this book, what did I give this shit? Um, 7 out of 10. That's what I, I was thinking. That's what I would have given it. I, I liked the art. It had a throwback feel, and I liked the th- uh, fact that they brought Louise Simonson back to write because she wrote for Steel back in the okay. day. I, I, like, I thought it was a little uh, dialogue heavy at points and a little, like you said, a little setup, weird yeah. setup. But yeah, I liked it. I, I like Steel. I think Steel's pretty cool. Like I called this review Adventures in Babysitting, yeah, which was a yeah. problem because. This was a Jamal and Natasha story. Yeah, and it was. I, I wanted more steel. He spent the entire issue just fighting and getting exhausted. Yeah, yeah. But I had uh, a fun time with it. Speaking of exhausted, oh, I'm tired. But that was our last book. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, I wasn't as thrilled with week two of Convergence as I was with week one. Week one, I was really pumped up, and I was really looking forward to this week. Uh, un, unlike you, I wasn't that excited because I was man this uh, is... again this is a weird event now I, I don't know if it plays out that way on the podcast or on the site but you get like a, a combo of you have had more of a history with some of these characters than I have so I'm going in as a person who was brought in with the new 52 and yet I was still enjoying the stuff I know enough and again we talked about it. I I'll research things I'll check things out I'll find out what these things are yeah but I don't have a quote-unquote like allegiance to any of these if, if if you tell me you know oh John Henry Irons dies next month I'm not gonna eh. I, well, I Jim, I'm saying though, if it wasn't for this time period in comic books yeah 
I might have remained a Marvel kid my yeah, entire life, and we, this I'm might saying. be the lo- the Lost Boys Marvel yeah, block. Well, that's what I'm saying is what it is about is what that it is. well, what it is about is that you we have a good mix. I don't have any sort of history with these characters, so I'm going yeah. in with what I know and what I like. And uh, yes, I like uh, Supergirl. I love Supergirl. I hate this this week's book. I don't really care much about uh steel uh but i like the book you know what i mean and yet i love catwoman now but i hated that uh so we're getting a lot of you know differences and next week what is next week's main uh worlds do you know offhand i know the book no i don't know the book i don't know the worlds off the top Um, of my head i know the books the books are obviously convergence number three yeah we have batman and the outsiders green lantern core uh, Hawkman, Justice League of America, New Teen Titans, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, Swamp Thing, The Adventures of Superman, The Flash, and Wonder Woman are the books coming out next week. Those are some pretty big books. Oh, yeah. And I know, I, I believe The Flash is, is definitely Barry Allen Flash. Yes. Uh, this one, uh, you will get Swamp Thing. We'll see if he can tap the green that supposedly isn't existent. I think he's going to be straight up human when we start yeah. like, get going. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'll be Alec Holland. Yeah. Um, you get some of your favorites like Hawkman, I love uh, Hawkman. new Teen Titans. You get another Superboy. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's just young Superman. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. like young Superman as much as I like Super the Metropolis Kid yeah. Superboy. But you Con. are doing that one, right? That's you. I, I guess. Yeah, I think it is. You get Green Lantern Corps. Uh, in fact, the uh, David Gallagher is the writer. He, I forgot he agreed to do a five questions the week that that came out. I completely forgot about it. I have to send him those. He got a hold of me. I freaking saw a message on the thing yeah. about it. And I'm like, I don't know that name off the top yeah, of my no. head. Yeah, no. And I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about that. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'll send them to you tomorrow. So I got to come up with five questions. But speaking of that, I believe I'm going to try to put the Howard Porter five-question interview up on the site on Sunday. Nice. Which is tomorrow. I'm going to have covers of the week. Uh, people are yelling for your looking at the numbers column that you've been promising us. Nobody's nobody's freaking yelling about that. No top five Fridays. That's Friday. checking the numbers. I was, I was waiting for that top five Fridays. Imagine X list never happened. You you just would have made fun of me again, no, like you always I, do. I, we were even talking about it. You were going to do the top. Oh yeah, five, we talked about it, and I would have done it, and you would have yeah, no, you would have made fun of me. That's why I was I was even saying to you that. Uh, it was, what, top five Imaginex characters that you want. Agreed. That they don't have, and we were kind of discussing some of them, so I was waiting for it. I thought you were setting me up to fail. No, I was waiting for it. But that's about it for tonight, right? Yeah, that's it, brother, man. Yeah, I'm tired. Another podcast bites the dust. Boosh. 15. Uh, I hope next week's better. And I don't mean the books. I meant our podcast. <laughs> Me as well. Yes, but we'll see how it goes. We'll be talking about the books next week, and I'll see you then. Yeah, everybody have a good week, and see you in seven. See you in seven. Bye. Bye.